Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Dan. Chris. Lee. Timed out. Sorry, you didn't make it in time. Oh yeah, of course. The Saturday for us. That was because oh. you, you, you started us too late. No, I went at the right time. I just missed the chicane. Mm, if you say mm. so. Yeah, should we start with that just quickly or... Yeah, or? we should. Well... We'll we'll go back we'll go back actually to Friday. Can we go back to Belgium just quick? Because Nico Hulkenberg did this in Spa. He slowed right down on the. It wasn't like a critical point of, of qualifying where people were going to miss their laps. But he slowed right down. If you remember, like they were doing like twenty miles per hour, like approaching the bus stop. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and we thought, well, that can't be allowed to happen because eventually someone's going to miss their lap. Mm. Then in Q three, the very next race. Uh, eight drive, eight, eight drive, seven, seven drivers. drivers. Seven drivers didn't didn't do their final runs because they didn't go across the line in time. Yeah, it's crazy because they were playing this weird sort of game of brinkmanship. Well, it's it's turned into fucking cycling at some points, hasn't it? Well, yeah, qualifying. This this all kicked off in F three qualifying on Friday. Is that what had to be red flagged? Yeah, that's the red flagged. It was something like I think it was five and a half minutes left. I was trying to work out. I just switched it on <laughs> as the red flag came out. I was like, what the hell's going on? Has somebody crashed? As it turned out, there were two groups of cars on the track because F3 has got a 30-car grid. Yeah, so it's and quite th- a big there was, spread. There was 13 drivers doing hot laps and 17 drivers doing out laps. Wow. And they were all going remarkably slowly and the hot lap drivers were actually coming up to the back of the train mm. of slower cars. So they just red flagged it. And uh, yeah, the, the grid for Saturday's F3 race... 17 out of 30 drivers had penalties. Wow. Whoa. Even the guy in pole position had a three-place grid drop. Mm. And then started on pole. But still still started on pole. It was that complicated. Well, I'm amazed... Um, I'm amazed Formula 1 drivers didn't get penalties for qualifying. There was three. Three penalties jump out at me that are slam dunks that, that should have happened. Hulkenberg should have had a penalty for intentionally cutting the chicane. Lance Stroll should have had a penalty for um, bunching the field up. Because you know, as soon as he saw Hulkenberg cut the chicane... He thought, he, oh, I don't want to be first. He knew, yeah. he, he knew what he was up to, and he, he slammed the anchors on. Now, I think what he did was worse than Hulkenberg, because he slammed the anchors on at a fucking chicane. <laughs> <laughs> and Vettel should have had his lap pe- uh, penalised. You can add another penalty to Vettel for that because on the first run of Q3, he did it to the chicane when he was the first one out. Uh, but yeah. what about Albon? Albon who came on, who deliberately cut the chicane and then said on the radio, I'm cutting the chicane because I want to get ahead of this lot. Yeah. Also, the I think Charles Leclerc got away with having the finger pointed at him for when, when, it, when the field sort of bunched up. So when Vettel was wanting to get on with it mm. and Charles Leclerc was in front, in front of him, Charles Leclerc didn't want to, didn't bolt because he didn't want to give. Vettel the toe that yeah. it was his turn to have yeah. apparently Binotto sat the pair of them down on um, on Saturday night and read the riot act to him mm-hmm. main, mainly Leclerc for doing that is the Charles Leclerc playing mind games and giving it um, the, well, I'm number one at the minute I, I, I don't think it's, I'm number one I think he's trying to get rid of Vettel things like that That's, that is an Alonso level, McLaren level 
Correct. Well, the thing is, the, the fact that Vettel was supposed to have the toe the second run, yeah, uh, it shouldn't have mattered when the, when the Ferraris went because Vettel was the one getting the toe from Leclerc mm-hmm. second time round. Do you know what I mean? But I think Leclerc was being quite, I don't want to say selfish, but being quite mindful of himself, yeah. thinking that, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to not have a toe myself because be fair, I want, yeah, I want to get. He'd, he'd already got pole, uh, pole position. Yeah, he was. He'd already had provisional pole. Yeah, but he point. knew that there were other teams that would probably try. Similar thing. Ferrari do it almost every time, don't they? The yeah. toe at Monza, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But um, it worked for Leclerc in the first run. Yeah. Um, but but switching it around for Vettel. I don't, in the I second don't think run. he got the toe off Leclerc off Vettel in the first run, though, did he? I think there was a the gap too big. Yeah, I don't. I think a car got in between them. It wasn't Vettel not wanting to do it. I think someone got in between them, and that. So is it pettiness then in that in that respect from Leclerc? Well, I actually didn't get a toe, so you're yes. not getting one either. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because. W- Sainz was the first to go, wasn't he? When they eventually went. When they eventually decided halfway around the parabolica, oh God, yeah, we better put our foot down. Yeah, yeah otherwise we're not going to make it. Um, Sainz was the first one to go and Leclerc followed Sainz. So in that respect, did he just want a toe for himself but also tried to get on with it? Because but they were the only two drivers that crossed the line for a for a time Le- lap. Le- Leclerc the... didn't either. That was a mis- that was a mistake on the oh, was it? thing. Yeah, he I thought it was. The, I thought it was science and no, it was, Leclerc. It, it was just science, right? Because the timing got confusing in, uh, in the first runs in Q three. Because at first Bottas didn't have a time. Yeah, when the red flag came out for Kimi's crash, mm-hmm. and he only got his time put on about five minutes later while yeah, they were still clearing yeah, yeah. things uh, up. Apparently, yeah. I did see a tweet about that. The red flags don't count when they come out. It's when the drivers get told about them. Wow, that's nebulous, isn't it? Because, hang on, they have the, they have the display on the steering wheel as well that tells them when the red flags are out. Mm. Yeah. So is it, is it when, they're, when it comes up on their displays or when, it, when they get physically told in their ear it, when it, race it's, control? It's when they come up on the display. Right, because that's almost instantaneous because the but, red flags are, are, are in with the lights. And when the lights flash, that's the same system that will send that to the so driver. Yeah. I mean, Bottas was incredibly close to the line when the red flag came out. And if it's only, say, a tenth of a second between the red, the lights coming on for the red flag and it coming on the display, that could be that tenth that you crossed the line in. Mm, yeah, maybe. And also you've got you've got to allow for human reaction time as yeah. well. Which oh, oh, red flag, right, cool. You know what I mean? Like you can't just be like, well, the red flag came out. There has to be some allowance, like there is off the line, isn't it? Two tenths or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for the lights going out to when you actually start moving, any less than two tenths, it's considered a guess. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. What was it? What was it? The uh, go on the B of bang, the old mm-hmm. Linford Christie scene. Go on the B of bang. That's, yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. one. Um, so yeah, after that we had uh, we had a bit of an in- interesting time of things with the race. Just, actually, just want to just want to point out Kimi Raikkonen crashing into the word drink. Yes, yeah, that is the most Kimi crash ever. Also, when someone asked him about the whole like qualifying debacle of people slowing down, he said, "I don't care. I wasn't involved." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Alpha went a bit extra uber Italian, didn't they? Um, they had a green stripe on the car, green, and a green stripe on the um, on the overalls of the of the drivers as well. So that they were wearing the Italian flag. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was the there was the teaser tweet that they put out on Thursday. Wow, looks amazing! It looks amazing. Oh, it's so different. Oh, great. Oh, that's perfect for Italy, Kimmy. 
It's a little bit different. It's got a bit of green on it. Bit <laughs> no, of it green. Did, didn't even say Can that. Even say, no, because it was pictures. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw you the saw back it. of the picture, and yeah. all Kimmy said was, oh, it looks "It's a, a bit little different. different." Yeah. It's. A, I think that was a nicer color. To be fair, you know, having the bit of green on it, it gave it a bit of character because I, I think the alpha lacks character. Bit more Italian to it. Yeah. It is technically a Swiss team, though, isn't it? Really, let's be honest. Swiss team run by Alfa Romeo. Peter, Peter Salva was on Ted's notebook. Oh, was he? I didn't, uh, yeah, yeah, didn't see that. They, he, um, Ted's he must be about how old now? 72? Oh, 106. Yeah. And, um, Mr. They, Burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Ted said, oh, you'll be happy to know that I still call uh, call Alfa Romeo Salva all the time by mistake. And Peter Salva turned around and it's still Salva. <laughs> <laughs> And yet the only team on any of the grids that is called Sauber isn't run by Sauber because the Sauber it's Junior Sauber, team, yeah. F2, is run yeah. by Charouz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is most confusing. But, yeah, so Saturday was a bit farcical, wasn't it, with the whole Q3 thing? And But but what can they do to stop that from happening again in, say, Singapore? I don't think it'd be such an issue in Singapore because uh, a toe is not... Yeah, a, it's only going to be... It's an intrinsic the, problem the high, to... The high-engine power ones, isn't it? So... Suzuka then in that case where yeah I mean what uh, the F, well uh, the race director put um, an edict out one of the FIA official documents saying that um, there was a minimum lap time of what the normal safety car delta would be for any any mm. lap on the circuit um, whether that got followed or not I don't know but they came if the even if they did follow it they came out too late yeah they, they were so late coming out it was it was really quite weird. And I think it, I think it was Ted that pointed it out on Sunday that they are not actually required to put the car on track during qualifying. No, well we have it all the time, so, don't yeah. we? Yeah, you, you, you like quite often you get a Alban and Spa, for example, went f- out did an installation yeah. lap. Yeah. yeah, that'll do. Yeah, or I mean, a Force India, you'll get like a Force India that gets into Q three, knows he's not going to get any higher than tenth, so and it saves the tires. The tires. And yeah. it's probably run out of tires. And of course, mm. the old days when it was just one session and you could do twelve laps, like yeah. the tires back in Q three. Um, in Hungary, yeah. you didn't used to see a car until twenty minutes to go. Look, I know that people hated the half an hour usually of waiting for the first car to come out. But the the hour session with the twelve laps is still my favourite qualifying format. I like the one session twenty minute qualifying that you get on the old Formula One games. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. same thing would happen there. Sometimes you'd be waiting, you go out and get an early lap in, think, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that'd be fine, and then like nothing would happen, and then all the fast drivers would go out and try and get their laps within, like as the track evolved, yeah, you know, and trying to find space with a few minutes to go. That that was always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the hour sessions, my favourite ones were always where you know, one of the backmarker teams would go out and do an early lap. Yeah, sweet. And then it rained. And then it'd start pissing down with rain yeah. for the rest of the session yeah. and they were on pole. Yeah, I, I do. I missed I missed that. My, my, I mean, to be fair, when you look at all the other qualifying like formats we've had, this is the probably the the best T V wise yeah. way yeah. of doing it. Although the way that Formula One is getting shown on TV at the moment is just terrible. There's some, the you know, cutting cut into crowd shots. Yeah, when there's cars on track. Do you the, the, no, no, some of the directors cars off are. track. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Do you know what that reminded me of? Did anybody ever watch, especially uh, when they were younger, 
where you'd have like WWE superstars on. Like on oh, a on Sunday a Saturday afternoon. morning. Yeah. And instead yeah. of seeing the chair shot, you'd see somebody in the crowd yeah, covering yeah. the face. It was exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So like if something happens that, they, that you think you'd they hear can't it. Show, yeah, yeah. And it cuts to the crowd. It was yeah. great. Wasn't it? Uh, it was Heat, wasn't it? On a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Heat used to heat replace superstars. Yeah. 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 He's broken in half like a watermelon, but you're not going to get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when there was anybody who was injured and inverted commas bleeding yeah it would be it suddenly black and white was the only thing that worked when when it was, yes. it was on their face yeah yeah um yeah, what was i gonna say oh yeah i think there's, there's one tweak that i think might work for qualifying don't know if anyone of you three has watched any of the indycar road course qualifying no. never this no. season i didn't i didn't know it was something that they did but they put they actually put a different timing line in for qualifying before pit lane entrance so you don't do a full out lap, cross the normal cross the normal finish line and then do a full lap and then do a full in lap. You can actually go out, do a um do say seventy five percent of an out lap, start your qualifying lap and then pit straight away. Mm. I think that that might work. Because if they're wanting to uh get more out of the tires, they're doing they're only doing two laps. And one of those is a hot lap. Yeah, it could yeah. be the, what what is essentially the DRS detection zone or something like that. Something like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're on, you're only doing two laps, so you'll actually get more laps out of the uh, out of the tires that you're using for quality. I I think they fucked it a little bit with. Remember when they chart changed it to that crazy format that they did for what two Tw- races? Twenty sixteen, yeah. yeah. Never happened. Never uh, happened. We've, no, no, no. I, no, I we th- didn't see it. I think happened. they should have stuck to it for the year. I think they were the rules they were in, and they should have stuck to it. Uh, and let the teams complain that it was boring for the fans. But it doesn't. It didn't have to be boring. I, in my head, right? Let's say you had a half an hour qualifying session. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, make it forty five minutes. I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll say half an hour for, for for now to make it easier. Um, and you do so. Say we've got a twenty car grid. That that makes it easy easy to. So you send all the cars out. For uh, they, they have ten minutes, ten minutes of going round, and then after that, every minute, another car is eliminated. Yeah, at that point, you have a race for to sit for, uh, for who's going to get pole. So you you put it out in reverse championship order. So Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc have got to make their way through uh, through the train, and then I, like it's you you would end up with like someone not ninth and tenth. Racing each other around the around the track to the la- to to the start finish straight because the guy in tenth knows if by the time he gets there in tenth he's going to be eliminated from qualifying. Mm, ten it, lap sprint race for, for well, for well no, you you it would be like a, a twenty minute sprint race because be, and then the last car across the line every lap after ten minutes is eliminated. So it be t- it would be ten minutes plus nineteen laps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, that that makes more sense. Or yeah, I suppose in that case to 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 work it easier, you could do like a twenty five lap race is probably better, isn't it? So your first your first five laps are free. Get the tire, get the tires to up to temperature and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and then after five laps, they start getting eliminated. That would work. Yeah, I mean that's your Saturday race, then, isn't it? Yeah, and it's still qualifying, and it could be done within the hour that qualifying is. Yep. Yeah, could be. Everyone has to do it on the same tyres. Yeah. But that's what I think... Qualifying tyres, bring them back. Yeah, that's what I think that... You never get 25 laps out of a set of qualifying tyres from those yeah, days. No, but I mean, qualifying tyres for that format would work Yeah, yeah. well. But that's what I think your 
the elimination qualifying would have evolved into if they hadn't have like panicked. You know, it's uh, and like throwing the baby out of the bathwater and changed the rules too. I think a lot of that, a lot of that was the yeah, the teams trying not to make it work because there was cars not going out. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and you know, if if there's a loophole, an F1 team will find it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think with your idea, you'd want the the elimination line to be just a bit before the pits, so you get eliminated, you come into the pits straight away. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah, idea. That, that, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mix the two ideas together. That's an interesting one. Have we just fixed Formula One between us again. Yeah, maybe it's much better idea than what I was thinking because I was thinking, well, you tell the drivers stop dicking around, or we'll do it Isle of Man TT style, where you get started off at ten or twenty second intervals. Yeah, see that 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 puts you both. I, I think the worst. Then you're almost back to one shot qualifying. I was yeah. just going to say, and that's the worst qualifying we've ever had. One shot qualifying. That was the absolute drizzling. It, it was, yeah. It was boring. Yeah. David Coulthard was rubbish at it as well. <laughs> rubbish. Jensen Button was all right, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty good at it, but he was really good with those tyres as well. With the mm. old, with the the, the groove tyres. The groove tyres. Yeah. He was really good on them. So, should we talk about the race then? What happened on Sunday? Yeah, let's mm. talk Sunday now. Quite eventful. Um, every race I since think I said France that, has been eventful. Yeah. I, I thought, would say every race apart from France has been, yeah, it's been acceptable all right. to brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Even Spain wasn't shit this year. I think, no. uh, Australia was... Uh, Australia was just Australia, though, yeah. wasn't it? There's rarely a good Australian Grand Prix. But Well, there's been plenty. It's just they were all in Adelaide. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> but do you know what the shit thing is about that? I, I love Melbourne Circuit. It looks great. Yeah. I love getting up early to watch it. Everything about it screams the beginning of the season to me. Yeah, can't, Bob, can't, because it's the first race. Because it is the, yeah. the first, first race of the Formula One season is a bit of a giveaway. Why it says beginning <laughs> of the season to you? Yeah, logic. But um, yeah, another uh, another action packed race on Sunday. Um, wouldn't have liked to have been the stewards. They they were kept busy. Uh, well, <laughs> that, I mean. You could say, yeah, they were kept busy, but I think they stopped themselves being busy quite a lot by just not paying any attention to certain things. I, I think towards the end of the race, they said, fuck this, we're going for sandwiches. Maybe. Well, yeah, because... It had Panini, the, surely, they were in Italy. Yeah. And it had the, they, they went all the way back to England to get some. <laughs> had they be, had to you know, carry on giving penalties or making decisions, then it was going to get to the point where they were going to affect something point scoring or podium position do you know I what think, I mean or a race win I think then... someone had a fucking horse head in their bed in the morning yeah <laughs> was it pl- prancing maybe <laughs> no not then <laughs> yeah they woke up on uh, they woke up with yellow bed sheets <laughs> with a black horse head <laughs> <laughs> rightio <laughs> um, but yeah there was if we just get it out of the way now the, the, the stuff that happened at the front all fair and fine, as far as I'm concerned. The, um, it, it was Magnuson levels of elbows out. Elbows out is fine. The black and white flag for the eventual race winner was the right decision. A penalty would have been too harsh. I think, and not doing anything would have been would have been wrong as well. I so agree, that's absolutely spot on. I agree, but this is how it has to go forward. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You've you, you've got to have a warning, and then and then I quite like the system of like black and white flag. But I don't. Th- this is the issue I have with it. Not the checkered flag, obviously, because that means you won. Um, 
the I don't mind the, the weaving, the, the moving under breaking. We've seen people do that before. You know, I, I did thought if it, even when Leclerc was doing it, I thought he was weaving around a bit, but it's a, it it was acceptable when you given he knew that he had all he all Ferrari had and all Leclerc had was straight line speed. I think if Lewis Hamilton would have managed to have got past him at that point, uh, he'd have disappeared off down the road. You know, I don't think that would have happened. I think Leclerc would have stopped with him and maybe got past him again because of that straight line speed. Yeah, I, but I think straight he, line speed plus the toe plus DRS. Maybe, but I don't. I don't know whether he'd have had the. He'd have been close enough by the time they got round yeah. the rest of the circuit. Um, but that so that, that the moving on the brake and I find fine. What I do have a problem with is I think any other car but a, but a red car would have had a penalty when when he shoved Lewis off the track. You say that, but then you look at the other red car. I mean, we're starting at the wrong end of the grid here. Yeah, but you can't get away with that. People have used that um, like that that thing. Oh, well, Sebastian Vettel got an uh, got a penalty. Yeah, Sebastian Vettel got a penalty because he drove into the side of Lance Stroll. Even even like the Ferrari can't get away with that at uh, yeah. Monza. That if it had been less, maybe he wouldn't have got a penalty. Well, if you watch the replay, he's barely stopped moving when he starts spinning his wheels to go yeah. forwards. He brakes hard when he gets towards the circuit and sees some cars coming. Yeah, he was not rejoining the track with any kind of care. No, he just panicked. He, no. he he didn't. It was it was what we're used to seeing from Vettel these days, isn't it? The thing is, though, you said any any other car would have got a penalty for doing that. Uh, the uh, science and album thing earlier on, they were banging wheels going around. I think it was a second Lesmer. Yeah. And there was no action taken against either of them. Yeah, Leclerc shoved Lewis Hamilton off the track towards a wall. We're not talking about the the Leclerc. Um, not what? Well, sorry, what, who was it? Science, Science and Albon. Science and Albon. Um, that's fine because Albon was taking the race in line. Uh, sorry, Science was taking the race in line. Albon probably shouldn't have had his car there. He wasn't like properly alongside him. And he was always going to get shoved wide. It, that was a rookie move, that, and it was Albon's choice to get out of the to get out of the the thing. Um, Leclerc did not leave Lewis Hamilton a car's width, and that's what you're supposed to do. Think, the other way around, Lewis Hamilton would have got a penalty. I, I don't think so because I mean, I mean, Leclerc Leclerc was on the racing line, and Hamilton wasn't in front of him, so that's they were next to each other. Yeah, Leclerc was marginally in front. I think it just gave him oh, the no, right away. Yeah, no, he's marginally in front, but isn't it front wheels? Front wheel overlapping back wheel. Yeah, yeah. So he his front, uh, Lewis's front wheels were just behind Leclerc's back wheels. He'd done everything to warrant having space, and he did. And the thing is. Uh, Leclerc knew he had to do that because if he'd have left him enough room, he'd have had the inside into the uh, into the second part of the chicane, and he'd have been away down the road. There'd have been contact between the two of them, but that's all speculation. Yeah. I think I think it was fair. Uh, other people don't think it but was. Again, I'm with you. I'm with you in thinking that that's what racing should be. Yeah, and they should be allowed to do that, but it, only if this is what happens going forward. Yeah. Warnings and before penalties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we start at the back. Work forward. Yeah, well, we've got uh, we've got Hass at the back. Um, DNF for K Mag hydraulic problems, mm-hmm. and sixteenth for Grosjean. Poor on both counts. No, the bad week for Hass. Uh, Grosjean had a spin, did he? Out of nowhere. Well, out of the Ascari. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Nobody behind him. Nobody in front of him. 
Um, had a spin and didn't recover for the whole race. Yeah. No. Wasn't that on the gravel that Vettel and Stroll had thrown up? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that might explain it then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Or, or he, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a lap after, wasn't it? That yeah. Stroll had. Yeah. Um, it had, was coming out of Ascari, wasn't it? It was coming out of Ascari, whereas he, Vettel went on the way in. Yeah. 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 And he had a spin, and then he went and. Uh, did, did, did he pit? And did, I don't think he was given a penalty for it, was it? He just he he went to the back of the field and didn't recover. Yeah, I think he span and flat spotted his tires. I think he came straight in. I, there, think, he, he? I think he did come straight in straight in after that, and mm-hmm. just yeah, he was just nowhere for the rest of the race. I think was he between the Williamses, Grosjean, sixteenth, uh, and Russell was fourteenth, I think, and Kubitz the seventeenth. Be interesting to know what Grosjean had in the way of tires when he had to come in. You know, it's maybe they had to throw a used set on him or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, I think he had a brand, he had a brand new set of hards. And I think he, I think he ended up on those. Mm. See that that's good. Uh, a good reason for why he didn't recover through the rest of the race. You know, Tassic has have been at fucking sea, haven't they, with tires? So if they were sticking a tire yeah. on, which they probably didn't want to fucking no, use, nobody yeah. could make the hards work for them, could they? Well, no, but <laughs> Hass had been particularly bad, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, Hass can't get the heat into the harder tires and the can't, make, softer, can't get the heat, can't get them to last. No, and the, but the softer tires, they heat up too quickly. They, they they can't get a good working range of, of well, the, the medium tires were just <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, they can, they can get the heat into them and make them work for one lap, which is why we which, why, know, which right is why we see has to yeah. all right in qualifying. Yeah. And then on Sunday, it was also took part in the event. I would have loved to have heard some more Grosjean radio because I think he's probably just as um, frustrated this week as he was last week in mm. Spa. We just didn't hear. Um, what was being said? Probably, probably because the FIA bleep machine would have gone into overdrive, mm. and there was too, there was too much going on. Well, it's yeah. crazy for Grosjean when you think about it. Yeah, he went to Haas uh, expecting to find himself in a Ferrari at some point. What's actually happened is he's going to Haas and he's going to be thrown out of Formula One. Yeah, I think so. I said this last year though, and it didn't happen. I find uh, it find it interesting. Hulkenberg hasn't signed. Yeah, that that that's still up in the air. And Hulkenberg was asked about what he's going to do, and he said, "Oh, there's still there's things are still getting finalised for next year." Um, yeah, because um, you might be at Alpha. There was a there was a story oh, must be about four weeks ago. Mm. Um, if as part of Grosjean's deal with Haas, if they don't keep him on, part of the severance agreement that was written into the start of the deal was they have to find him another job. So if they they can't. Announced that he's going and the signing Hulk until the fan grows on something else to do next year. But isn't his contract up? Yeah, but this this is part. I think if uh, if they don't do that, they've got to pay him an absolute fortune. Is what I've heard. Yeah, but if his contract up, surely that's null and void. Yeah, they're just not rehiring him. It's something. It's something to do with a redundancy package or something that I, was written in that was yeah, written into his yeah. contract. But that seems weird, doesn't it? That seems and I like, think Giovinazzi's going to Haas yeah. and Hulkenberg will end up at Alpha. Maybe. You see, I, I, that, I'm sure there is something like that written into Grosjean's contract, but that to me sounds like something if they get rid of him early. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so I, 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 I struggle to wonder whether why that would be the case if they're just letting his contract... The, the only time it would make sense is if they've got an, an option on him for an extra year. Yeah. And they can either choose to take that option or choose to find him another drive. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I would be more 
inclined to believe that it's Hulkenberg that might have another option that isn't Haas. Because Haas must be, when you look at what Haas are doing this year, uh, we hope they're going to recover for next year. But I mean, I, if I, I'd go to Williams before Haas, if I, if I, you know, if I, if I was looking at drives, because Haas are all at sea, and Williams are yeah. on the upswing. Yeah, well, yeah. no, Williams know where they are. Haas haven't got a clue. Yeah. yeah, and I can't see unless the tires change dramatically. Are they going to work that out? You know, because we've said before they buy the bits from Ferrari, Dallara make the chassis, they assemble it in the factory, and then go. Has anyone got the instruction book? So, um, <laughs> so next year they'll be known as Fight Milk Team IKEA. Yeah, <laughs> well they won't be known as Rich Energy, will they? No, because that uh, that has happened today. We might as well do that now. Yeah, may as well. Yeah, they should they should get on in touch with fucking Airfix. That would be hilarious if they were sponsored by FX. <laughs> Only whilst Grosjean's in the team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but they had, uh, has announced today that the partnership with Rich Energy is ending... It's amicably dissolved. Amicably dissolved, amicably ending. After of, a restructuring of Rich Energy. Yes, as of now. So we will see the cars looking slightly different with no Rich Energy logos on in Singapore. Rich Energy shortly tweeted out after that statement was done, fuck you lot. We never liked you anyway. I'm going around to burn Red Bull's house down. Um, no, that was about three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so what What are we going to see? Uh, Lightning Vault has energy? Uh, no, Lightning Vault has now renamed itself to Rich Energy again. Oh, right, brilliant. And right. Stories okay. took it back over? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's one of the Rich Energies. Oh for no! There, this... For there are several. Mm. Oh, this is like the bloody Lotus thing all it, over again. It is the yeah. lo- very right. much the Lotus of soft drinks. Let's not let's not get into this. I, but... thought, you, I thought you were going to say this is like when there was two different versions of Bucks Fizz on tour. The hilarious thing as well is there's no, a Netflix. It definitely wasn't like that. Uh, there's a Netflix TV show. I think it's like a zo- uh, it's it's like a zombie thing set in an office, and uh, there's a. Like uh, there's this, uh, Can we not uh, talk about office zombies? I start no, office work again next week. There's an energy drink in this thing, and when people drink this energy drink, it makes them super violent and like try and kill each other. That energy drink is called Vault. <laughs> <laughs> it's whoever is in charge of like branding for Rich Vault Energy Staghead. Um, they're not very good at original thoughts. <laughs> No, but, parallel yeah. thinking is the do, best way I can get around this. So I has going to strip the uh, strip the car back to being grey again with no sponsorship, or is it going to stay black and gold but just have a little Haas logo? Where I the think I think it'll be was. black, yeah, black and grey Haas colors again. Yeah, because because of the merch and everything they've done with the cars, I mean, they can't just like. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd stick with black and gold. It's just going to be black and gold, and it just won't say rich energy on it anymore. I know. I, th- I think it'll go back to what it was last year because that's Haas racing colours, isn't it? Yeah, because if you go on the go on the uh, media section on the Haas website and you download the logo, it's the um, grey, red, and black yeah. one. Yeah. Well, maybe they will go back to that, but I mean, it'd be a fairly swift um, livery design to get that ready for Singapore. I, I think they'll thought... get the, they'll get the same guy onto it that does Nico Rosberg's suit. Yeah, I always thought, hey, I will not have a word said against that. He looked cool as fuck on Sunday. I thought there was something up with my telly and I'd got one black and white patch in the middle of all this colour. He looked super fly. He looked ace. So, Williams then. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Kubits are in 17th, Russell in 14th, um, legitimately ahead of some cars on pace and battling with Vettel. Yeah, that's worth pointing out. In a broken Ferrari. Kubits are the only driver to get lapped twice. 
Um, George Russell, um, we saw him getting overtaken by Sebastian Vettel with, what, two, three laps to go? About that. Uh, actually got back past Sebastian Vettel briefly. I, I had a little bit of money on Russell to get in the top six. Did you? My little bit of money would have got me £2,800. That was quite a brave bet. It was a brave bet. Some would say stupid, Dan. <laughs> but the um, yeah, we, we missed, and I don't know if Vettel made a, uh, an error or if Russell just, just managed Vettel to... Vettel made an error? Managed to do under you know under DRS or something. But uh, yeah, it on the final lap, Vettel retook Russell. Mm. So Vettel's managed to... But that's going to... For, you know, there are people watching George Russell, and we know who they are. Yeah, yeah not the main... TV viewers because we never get to see it. No, they're mainly dressed in 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 white shirts and wear black trousers with, with stars th- on, with them. a three point star on their yeah. shirt. Uh, that's going to go down well. Uh, I suspect there's more than just those people watching him. Yeah, I mean, I think perhaps, but they are definitely watching yeah. him. I think, and something... we know why. Well, we think we know why. Something must be going down, like for him behind the scenes, and the right things being said. Because he's so calm and happy in interviews. You know, if he was stuck at the back of the grid, not knowing what his future's going to be, like Hope and Williams are going to get something together for him for next year so he can see where he where he's doing, I don't believe any rookie driver, regardless of how much confidence they have, would be as like level-headed as he's We've being. not heard the words, we'll keep pushing from him, which is always a sign of... I th- I think, We're shit and we know we are. I think his media um, like like savvy for that team is the only thing Williams has had going for it this year. I think he's picked the team up, if I'm perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah. They had two drivers who were so downbeat as Robert Kubica has been all, the, all this year. And then you've got Robert It would Kubica have soured the whole thing. Them, accusing them of having a different car for uh, George Russell. Yeah, Which yeah, they do, otherwise they'd need bigger seats. Yeah. This is true. I mean, yeah. they, they could actually race in the F1 two-seaters. But that's not a Williams. Uh, uh, and I think there's probably rules against that sort of thing. It's Yeah, but it's the old Minardi one, and that's been about three different cars as well. I think that, I think the actual chassis of the two-seater is based on the old Arrows. Yeah. Or is the old Arrows. McLaren did a, did a two-seater, didn't they? McLaren. They, were the, they were the first. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think Williams are definitely on an upswing, which has got to help George Russell's belief in them going forwards and is is um, and Russell's on an upswing well. he's, yeah. he's he's so like Lee says so calm and like so just just confident in himself and level headed that that it doesn't matter that he's going out there and scoring 14th places 14th places an ace result he's he finished ahead of that's a Williams win this year yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I swear, with so many cars still still there and how far he was to did he finish of ahead field. of his teammate Yes. Did he finish ahead of Roman Grosjean? Yes. Did he finish ahead of Kimi Raikkonen? Yes. Yeah. So did he overtake a Ferrari, the car that won the race? Yes. Yes. Well, not the car, but the but, team. Yeah, the, the team. team that won the race. Yes. We don't know how. Again, we, that might have been a slight error on the driver's part. Yes, but, but at the don't... at the start of the year, the Williams wouldn't have been capable of doing that. No. Though. Someone made an error; they couldn't capitalise on it. Yeah. At the start of the year, the Williams was being in, was in danger of being overtaken by the medical car off the line. Yes, mm. and some of the marshals, if they ran quick enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> low, low down force flags. <laughs> <laughs> if it only wasn't for these stupid flappy orange boiler suits, I would have passed George Russell in turn one. <laughs> George Russell, you better sat on the grid behind a crane. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bottas having to drive his own sponsor's vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Williams are improving at a rate. Um, We've had Haas as the first team on the podcast for... No, I don't think it was that it was last week, because I think last week was McLaren's. But, uh, yes, it was. Uh, but the... Um, we have had Haas a few times now yeah. as the first team because their performance has been so poor. It's hard, it's hard to look back now. We've yeah. got a new podcast book and it's the first page saying as Jensen the cat threw up on the last yes. one. Yep. It used to be, for, for this season, it used to be Williams, didn't it? And last season, yeah. Williams. Mm-hmm. And then before that, it was McLaren we were talking about first. Yeah. Um, and Sauber. Manor. You know, they're the teams at the back, but... McLaren have made their way forward. Manor disappeared. Sauber became Alfa Romeo. Williams are starting to push, starting to push forward. Mm. Yeah. Starting I worry to. about um, Haas because I don't quite know what is going to keep them in the sport if they don't sort themselves out. Concessions from the American owners. Oh yeah, no, I, I don't mean I don't mean financially. I mean Gene Haas has got more than enough money to bankroll that team indefinitely. Yes, but, but he's you got, wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. You can, you know, he's, he's got that money because he's not stupid. Yeah. Uh, I, I could even understand it more if they had an American driver, you know, so they had that, like, home interest. But, I mean, Haas is, it's, it's the American team on the grid, but who would know? There's not, it's not like they're, there's anything like anchoring them to their home country. I mean, maybe now they've got rid of, Maybe now they got rid of the British sponsor, we might get more American coming through. Let's see how that. But who? Who like is? Is there an IndyCar driver that that's actually American that could make the step up to Formula One? I think the, the thing uh, is, and that would as well. Yeah, yeah, Do you remember I when we thought they were going to come into Formula One? They Joseph were going and they were going to be they were going to be Team he's America. You know, the, we thought it was going to be the the the. The, the stars and the stripes yeah. just just yeah. just just plastered well, all over the we, car. We were joking about Colin and Team Fuck, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, yeah we were. Yeah, um, but and they didn't do that. They went they went quite understated and you know r- racing team. You know the Haas colours. They stuck with the Haas colours because I think the last time that anybody tried sticking an American flag on a Formula One car, like a proper you know all over the car, mm-hmm. was that USF One GP, whatever. It didn't become the P Windsor team that never actually got to the grid. Yeah, um, the early liveries of that were were outlandish sort of stars and stripes uh, all over the car. And let's be honest, the American flag does look quite cool yeah. when it's when it's dissected and put. You know, as you look at the circuit of the Americas, that corner where they've got the stars and then the stripes going around the curve. It looks ace. Um, but I just think that sort of bombastic like American way that they attack sports is sort of. It adds something to almost anything they take part in. But an American team should be able to find sponsors from America for a global sport. Yes, I'm still amazed that Coca-Cola isn't a sponsor, like a title sponsor for a team. I know there's a, there's a little logo on one of the cars. On the McLaren. Something like yeah. McLaren. And Monsters are Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, can't, I, but I still can't believe that there isn't a red branded Coca-Cola yeah. Formula One car. Don't think there is an IndyCar either. Used to be. There isn't. I don't think there is at the moment, but there's, uh, they're in NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but or they, even a Pepsi sponsored yeah. team. Because, uh, but don't, don't forget. I suppose the the thing with maybe maybe Coca Cola is too big a brand for them to even be bothered advertising. Maybe it's that ubiquitous as being Coca Cola. It could be more damaging to, to you. Yeah. Well, I think I think the way that Coca Cola works is the individual local versions of the company decide what they sponsor mm. and. 
the British one just doesn't have the kind of advertising budget to add a Formula One team into everything else that it does. Yeah, but um, Coca Cola is a global brand. Yeah, but I mean yeah. the way, the way that they work the sponsorships. I yeah. think in the um, in the, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I think the cars that sponsor in NASCAR are the Coca Cola sponsored cars are actually sponsored by. Local Coca-Cola bottling plants. Yeah, yeah. Local yeah. to where that driver or that team yeah. comes from. So maybe sort of doing international sponsorship isn't yeah. in the Coca-Cola remit. I mean, I, I think there could be a like the amount of cost to advertise inside for in, in Formula One. Do you know what? To what you, you know, get back out of it now? Might do you know what we? Do you know what we need to do? We need to have um, we need to have a chat at some point with the guy that runs the Formula Money website. Yes. Who um, would shed a bit of light on this. So mm. how about we do that in, say, three weeks' time? It's a good idea. Why not? Works I think, for me. I think we should. Yeah. It's just as well, because it's already sorted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were just summoning him. <laughs> no, we had, a chat on, we had a chat on Twitter last week, and he just had to sort out a night. <laughs> um, shall we move on to Toro Rossa, who we've got next? Why not? Uh, a DNF for Danny Kvyat. Shame, because he was running well at one point. He wasn't doing all that bad. and um, He was up in seventh, was he, when he came? Sixth he was at one point. He was running fairly high. Yeah, because I, I remember saying that if the, if the top drivers on uh, on soft tyres were all to stop, then at the same time, Danny Kvyat would likely be leading the race. But yeah. then I did a bit of maths and worked out, now he'd probably be about four seconds behind. Even still, that would have been quite funny. Mm. <laughs> Toro Rosso leading at, at Monza. Well, we'll talk about Toro Rosso and thus Honda. Um, does anybody think that Monza was kind of a bad sign for Honda? Oh, well, they know they've not got the full-on straight-line speed of the Ferrari and the Mercedes. Yeah, no, but we, we went into this race, especially with what Lewis Hamilton was saying about how the Honda's applying some of its power and being like level with Mercedes. Yeah. And with Max Verstappen winning a couple of races as well, that we th- I, I think we thought... Honda was making bigger steps forward than it actually has uh, done. I think I think it was hard to tell just because of Verstappen having to start from the back and we didn't uh, and then going straight into the pits. Yeah, but I mean, you, if you look it, it, at I mean, Toro Rosso's, you look at uh, Albon as well. Look at how well Renault's did. Gasly uh, was I don't, only just outside the points. Oh, no, I don't I'm, think I'm not saying it's bad, bad, but I still think it it still shows that they've got a way to go. To even match Renault, let alone challenge Ferrari and Mercedes. What I suspect happened here is they knew that they didn't stand a chance of getting a good result. Yeah. So they've been very, very, very conservative with the engine Maybe. because Singapore is the next race, Singapore and, and Red I, Bull are good. I would have Max Verstappen for the win there. Not just yeah, that, but I, take I into account that Max Verstappen went into the pits very early in the race when he wasn't planning to. Mm-hmm. And, st- I mean, we're not talking Red Bull, I know, but he still finished inside the points. Oh, yeah, no, it was, don't get me wrong. It was grand, but I'm, and I'm, I think the good results Red Bull have had, for me, Monza compounded, though it's Red Bull which have had those good results and not necessarily... An ever improving Honda. Yeah, quite possibly. But I mean, yeah, th- this wasn't wasn't a good race for Honda. But no. apart from one of their engines blowing up, yeah, well, it wasn't a particularly did it blow bad up or race. Did it just shut down? I think it blew up. 
there was smoke coming when you went. Yeah, there was lots of smoke coming out of Danny yeah, well, he, Kvyat. He left the pits, didn't he? And then yeah. he was going around quite well. And then the following was it? Did he do a lap, or did it just come coming coming out of the pits? It just stopped. Uh, it was, yeah, I think it was just after the pits. Yeah, so he came out of the pits and then it just shut down on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I also struggle to think that with this with this being a power circuit, I think it's a better judge of of like engines, obviously. But this race made me think that your uh, Red Bull team next year, no matter what goes on, are just going to be the team that can win the odd race. And I, I don't believe they're going to be able to challenge for a championship anytime soon. It's hard to tell. I mean, just don't don't know how far away the whole package is here. That's the thing. Mm. No, I mean, but I, 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 I think it's a really good Red Bull chassis. Again, like Renault, pulling around an engine that's not as good as Mercedes or but Ferrari. if they can win most of the races and just write off the extreme power circuits... Oh, yeah, yeah, then, absolutely. But I don't, then they could challenge. They might not win a championship, but they could be... But I don't believe they're going to be able to win most of the races. I think they're going to be like this year where they can win the races that Red Bull are good at. Like Mercedes, Mercedes of 2015, 2016 binned off circuits like Monaco and Singapore, yeah. didn't they? They're like, no, no point. There's uh, no point in, in building a car mm. that's going to work at Monaco and Singapore. I mean, we can build an ace car that'll be good everywhere else. Yeah. So, you know, it's weighed up their, their strengths and, and, and went with them. But the um, Red Bull, I do expect to come back strongly in Singapore. And I don't think the, the Honda Power Unit, for example, will be such mm. a. Such a, a talking point. Although, no, yeah, I mean, I, I expected Red Bull to be better here, though. Going into this race, when we're looking at what we've what we'd seen, uh, like before the summer break, I expected Red Bull to be closer to Ferrari, you know, and Mercedes. I just, I, they're further away than I thought they would be. Yeah, and Toro Rosso, who we are actually supposed who, to be who talking, we were about. meant to be talking yeah. about. Um, their only race win is at, is is at Monza in the wet eleven years ago now, yeah. um, but yeah, slowly making much like Williams, slowly making steps in the right direction. They did fall back a bit after the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Now they're slowly sort of making their way back up again. Pierre Gasly's used to the car again already. Quite, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's the car that he's driven, but yeah, uh, Belgium was the first time he drove that that Toro Rosso. But the um, He's gotten into it. He's gotten straight back into the swing of things with Toro Rosso. Mm. Doesn't look terrible at Toro Rosso. Just doesn't appear to be able to do it at Red Bull. Does he look like? Does he worth look worth keeping though? When you measure him next to Kvyat? Um, not. Uh, not. I think it's. I think it's too early to say at the moment. Mm. Um, let's let's see what he does on circuits with different characteristics. But I think we're pretty convinced when you look at Albon that they made the right choice sending him back to Toro Rosso yes yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah I think the um, I think the the Red Bull was just one step beyond what he's capable of at the moment mm. or, or just a car that doesn't suit him yeah, yeah like yes. an adaptation issue yeah. of some yeah so um, yeah I mean he, he was he was running in the points but I think I think Lando passed him with about four laps mm. about four laps to go something like for that for 10th place yeah <clears throat> Uh, well, we'll do McLaren next, actually, because uh, well, we've got Lando in tenth. Lando in tenth, good performance given that he also, like Max, started from the from the back and um, 
just looked, lucked out and did well with strategy, really. Uh, he said at the beginning of the race, pre-race, that he thought that a couple of points might be possible. One point is, yeah. is, is okay. But I've got to be honest... I know that um, much like Red Bull, McLaren were expecting that uh, Spa and Monza to be circuits where they weren't going to be strong at. They dropped the ball twice, uh, and they shouldn't have. Um, Sainz retiring in both races uh, when he's scoring so many points and is Mm -hmm. currently winning, I think he still is currently winning Formula 1.5. Yeah, same with Um, Lando in Spa. Like bags of points going begging. Yeah, yeah, that may have been a little bit more Lando's fault than McLaren's. But the um, Spar, he's didn't his car shut down. He was told to back off a little bit and didn't. Oh, <laughs> right. I mean, since his retirement, it was definitely McLaren's fault. They, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they yeah, didn't get the wheel on. They didn't bolt his wheel on. Um, so yeah, um, disappointing for McLaren, especially when you consider, you know, Renault scored a shitload of points uh, and is that a genuine resurgence or is that just Monza low downforce not, you know, low downforce car that with low downforce settings you know just isn't very draggy at all I would say since we've seen Renault's at the back really recently yep. I think it's far too soon to call this a resurgence unless they've that's completely what I mean, completely changed the car over, no, over the last week or two. That's what I mean. The, the, the fact that it's low downfall probably, yeah. probably flatters the Renaults, but I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they can do anything more. In, t- in, in two weeks' time in Singapore, if we suddenly see both Renaults in Q3 and looking at 7th and 8th, then, uh, oh, hang on, things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Paul Darista called, like, conspiracy, didn't he, on it? On Renault? Yeah, by saying that they've just brought, they brought updated engines for both McLaren and Renault. And whether McLaren have quite got all the bells and whistles that Renault can put on the car on the engines, I know you're not supposed to do that anymore. Well, you can't. It's illegal in, yeah. in terms of. So if McLaren protested it, then there'd be investigations. Yeah, unless it's something software-wise. Yeah, but um, yeah, it just seems it seems weird, doesn't it, that all of a sudden Renault were that far ahead of McLaren on pace? It does seem odd. Again, I think it's more of a downforce thing than a than a, yeah. than a power thing. Yeah, Monza does sometimes throw up oh, odd yeah, results. It's a, it's a it's a complete anomaly on the circuit on the uh, the calendar, isn't it? So we'll we'll know in Singapore if Renault have found something, found something yeah. proper. Yeah. Um, but overall, McLaren didn't look bad. No, um, not at all. No, no. Uh. Not when you look at where McLaren have been. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just I, I just feel that McLaren dropped the ball a bit when it comes, especially you know the amount of points that Carlos mm. Sainz could have picked up. I think he was running seventh when he retired. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Sainz seventh, obviously. You know, Lando was behind, and Lando probably would have made the points if if Sainz had stayed yeah. in the race. But you could say the same for Kvyat as well. Yeah. Um. You know, so Lando may have finished what twelfth. Um, however, that's the way it's fallen, and McLaren do pick up one point instead of the six that they could have picked up with with science finishing higher up. What really depresses me when you see like either like McLaren or Renault getting like the fifth, you know, being best of the rest or sixth and stuff like that, you think, yeah, it's good. Everyone's moving moving forward. This is a good sign. And then you look at the side of the screen and realize they're still like thirty four seconds off the leaders. Yes. The yeah. You know, it's it's a different reality, isn't it? it is there's there's still no one near 1. the top 5. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Which is why we've got Formula 1.5. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so an okay race for McLaren, but really should have done better. Yeah. Um, Alpha next. More points for Giovinazzi. Ninth place. Good home race. Alpha looked good. I mean, Kimi got through to Q3. Um, all right. Wiped out. Then had to start from the pit lane mm-hmm. because, what was it, new, new spec engine uh, or a different spec engine and a new gearbox. Yeah, and then they go and put him on the wrong tires. I, I, I mean, I can understand the mistake that's been made. I thought that they were allowed to do that. Yeah, I did. I think this is something that's just this year. That this is a change yeah. that's happened this year. We discussed it in the blog room, didn't we, at mm. the time? And I understood it to be the way that the stewards interpreted it—that you have to still start the race on, even if you start from the pit lane. Uh, tires that you got through to Q3 on, or yeah. or similar mileage. Yeah, I I always took it for granted. Equivalence. If you start from pit lane, you've broke Park Fermi. Yeah. So you can do what you want to the car. You know, you can alter it and change it and stuff. But yeah, starting him. On, I think he was meant he was meant to be starting on softs and started him on mediums. Mm. And I mean, a ten second stop and go penalty for that. That's that's a bit on the. Harsh side. It is, yeah. I mean, it's the harshest penalty you can get before disqualification. Yeah, I, I, I the only thing I can think of with that is I, I can't see the situation where you could gain a massive super advantage from starting in the pit lane with the wrong tire on. That warrants a stop go penalty. Do you know what I mean? Like no one. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who you are and what position you are on the grid. You've got. I, I suppose. I suppose it would matter. You could do it in last place, but in last place you can you can put whatever tires on you want anyway, can't you? Because you're outside the top ten. Yeah. So there's no no situation, say that someone that qualified tenth would go. I know what we'll do, lads. Let's start me from the pit lane and put the hards on. <laughs> you know, it's no one's going to do it to gain an advantage. No, but at the same time, if you've got ten drivers that do make it through to Q three and then say three of them decide to start from the pit lane on whatever tyres they want. It Does that then disadvantage the seven drivers that got through to Q3 and decided to run because they, you know, they just they, they started on the tyres that they had using Q2 and they're the only ones that have to. I don't, I don't think so. so to, have to, to have ten drivers on the grid that, that, that got through yeah, to Q3, you have to, you, have you're to not start. going to choose to take the at least ten-place grid drop no. in no. order to put different tyres on it's not just that it's not just to put different tyres on it's to as Lee was saying before to break Park Fermi rules it, you know no well. but that stuff all stands you, you can still alter the car and change the engine yeah it's just like you've got to start on the yeah, right tyres it's just the tyres but I mean the, the thing is that this is this is a new rule that's been uh, implemented I can never think of anyone starting from the pit lane to do an advantage before this rule became a thing no, but if you remember, do you remember, was it Vettel in Abu Dhabi a few years ago when he was disqualified from qualifying for not having enough fuel in the car? Yeah. He, uh, Red Bull super set that car up for, and it was the last race of the season anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah, but that but Red super Bull was set a that car. fucking rocket ship. Yeah. It was equivalent <laughs> to Mercedes today, but they, they set that car up to, to, to just fly for the whole race. Yeah. Uh, and it did, and he got on the podium. Yeah, well, we we, um, th- we thought at you that could, point that he might win the race from last, be the first person to win a race from last. Yeah, exactly. When you you oh. could see that playing out a bit, maybe a bit more often if they allowed this. That's why the rule is in place. I think it's a big. It's a, you you'd prefer to start in the top ten. 
You know what I mean? If you, yeah. If you can start last and finish third, if you start in the top ten, you're probably going to win the race with that base. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was even if they didn't change the engine, he would have still started fifteenth because he wrote the gearbox off on uh, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, it was just it was just a shame. It was a shame mm. for Kimi. But. but good performance for Giovinazzi. Second points finish of the season. Yeah, he is needs he doing to... enough? Uh, Not quite. I saw somebody on um, on on a Facebook chat thread saying that uh, Sebastian's Sebastian's had enough of Ferrari he's going to retire for definite and he's going to be replaced by Giovinazzi and I was like oh, hang on a second uh, <laughs> I was like Ferrari was this on ESPN it might I don't think it was <laughs> but, uh, wait my brain hurts Giovinazzi like, surely they'll go for the other alpha driver before they went for Giovinazzi right. this would be like when um, when they brought in Luca Badoa to fill in for Massa for those two races where he finished last well, he was supposed to be for the rest of the season, wasn't he? Yeah. Badoa, and then Badoa was awful. <laughs> In fact, it wouldn't have been so bad if Badoa was awful. He was below awful. Yeah, yeah. it was terrible. <laughs> but I, I think it's really weird sometimes with uh, people commenting on F- Formula One things, because I know I say things sometimes, or you say things sometimes that people disagree with, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to opinion. But some people comment about things. I'm almost convinced they've never seen... A race. Never ever seen a race. Anyone that had watched Formula One this year couldn't come up with uh, Giovinazzi equals Ferrari drive so far. No. No. Like, I don't understand I how that fr- happens. Well, unless it was his mum. Somebody's done a bit of Googling and seen that Giovinazzi is a Ferrari youth driver. And he's Italian. I, yeah. yeah. But yeah, crazy. I could possibly see him drive a Ferrari after the season's finished in Abu Dhabi. Road car. Um, home (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well apparently Karun Chandok had his dad in the car for the hot lap this weekend Giovinazzi's dad yes and halfway round the circuit he asked Giovinazzi's dad whether uh, he was getting Giovinazzi was getting re-signed again to which his dad apparently nervously said yes Uh, but that's led to him saying that in like on Sky Media, and then uh, Alfa Romeo coming out and like say no, there's no deals in place whatsoever. So who knows? I would say he's probably not doing enough to keep his seat for next year. Which is why I think he's off to Haas and Hulkenberg's off to Alfa. Do you think he's employable? Do you think would you would you take him on? Giovinazzi. Yeah, I think he's. I don't think he's terrible. I just think he's taken. He's a slow starter. Mm. He's taken a while to get used to Formula One which is yeah I don't think he's enough to be I don't think he's done enough to be desirable to other teams yeah no I, I don't because there seems to be you're probably better off getting a different GP2 driver you know and giving or a Formula yeah. 2 driver and giving them a chance or uh, if a Hulkenberg's going begging that sort of situation or a Mick Schumacher suddenly wins F2 I would not find it I, I would not be amazed to see Mick Schumacher in I just don't think we'll see Mick Schumacher in F1 next season he's just not he's, he's not good enough in, in he's F2 not no. doing it in F2 don't know I mean he's gonna get to Formula 1 oh it's guaranteed he'll get to Formula 1 one yeah. day but it won't be next year I, it yeah. shouldn't be next year because he's not ready if, I think if, the, if, if he does if he does end up in there next year it'll be one and done because it will just destroy his career. He won't. He won't get one season. He won't get one season out of Mick Schumacher. He'll get at least two seasons to try to to do himself. No matter what he does in his first season, he could have a 
Lance Stroll type first year in Formula One, he's still going to get end of the year. Stroll is still in Formula One. Yeah, his dad bought a team. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think part of me wonders whether you know he is a mid grid, upper mid grid GP two driver, or a Formula two driver. I wish I'd stop saying that. I don't know whether is it. I do you think it's better him staying in Formula Two, or going to Alpha, where he's going to be properly protected with a teammate that has been inside the Ferrari camp, which is hopefully going to be your future home. For for me, that seems like he the did, best position to be in. I don't know. He did two years in F three. Yeah. Oh no, uh, no. Yeah, and I'm sure he will probably stay in uh, Formula Two. That's probably the way it's going to way it's going to happen. But I just I don't know whether that's the best thing. Usually, it's when we say say someone's come to Formula One too early, it's because they're in Formula One and immediately thrown over the coals to try and keep their seat. If he comes into Formula uh, Formula One again with Alpha, which is going to look after him a bit. I think that might be the best place for him to be to try and. He'll be beside Kimmy, who doesn't play any kind of political yeah. games. Also, there's a slight for the for the romantic historians out there. There's a slight connection as well, given that Michael drove Sauber sports cars uh, before when becoming when Mercedes used to own him. Yeah, when Mercedes owned him. Um, before before Ferrari owned him, before Mercedes owned him again. Um, yeah, he used to drive Sauber sports cars before he made it to Formula One. So Sauber and Michael Schumacher had, uh, you know, a, a working relationship before Formula One was a thing for Sauber and for Michael Schumacher. So in that case, we'll probably see him in the Sauber Junior team in F2 next season and then move up. Maybe, or... You know, Alfa Romeo, which is, as Peter Salva said, still Sauber. You know, just, just, just Lisa looks after him a bit and just gives him that, maybe just, just as a, as a reserve driver role, perhaps. Yeah. And just, you know. Oh, I, th- I think we'll, I think we'll see him on quite, a, quite a few Friday mornings next year. I, I also don't know whether it's, I don't know whether you can make somebody that won't adapt to Formula One adapt by giving them an extra year in GP two. In F two, look at Julian Palmer for instance. Yeah, yeah. He's four been, years four, in GP two. Four years, won the GP two championship. Came to Formula One, didn't work out for him. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn, on the other hand, ripped GP two apart in two years. Yeah, in two years. Uh, he did a year in Super Formula as well, didn't he? But After yeah. GP two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Came to Formula One. Formula One did not work out for him. So there's nothing saying that making a driver do extra years in lower formula can guarantee them being good in Formula One. I think sometimes, look at Mick Schumacher, uh, not Mick Schumacher, look at uh, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen didn't do GP2, he went straight from European Formula 3. Came in and he's like now one of the top drivers in Formula One. Sometimes I think... After five seasons... Yeah, but he, absolutely. And look he at the was, mistakes he made when yeah. he was younger. Yes, but Once in the got, Toro Rosso, yeah. he was clearly a future star. Yeah. But once again, coming into Formula One uh, like he did, where 
Toro Rosso and the Red Bull program clearly had a lot of faith in him because he wasn't part of the Red Bull program. They took yeah. him in. It would be a similar situation to what Alfa Romeo would do with Michael Schumacher, uh, with Mick, Mick Schumacher, Schumacher, bringing him in, looking after him, coddling him, and trying to turn him into a Formula One driver. Mm. But I think the difference with Verstappen is Verstappen was clearly hugely talented Yes, yep. in European F3, mm-hmm. whereas Schumacher is... Uh, you could, you it, could argue in the middle that, of the grid, but you could argue that when Schumacher was in Formula Three, that he was just as impressive as Max Verstappen was by coming, like winning the world, winning the, the championship through the second half of the season. Yeah, but he's not carried that on into F two. No, but I don't. I don't think being being good in F two doesn't guarantee you being a good Formula One driver. So I don't see why being average in F2 would suggest you would be a bad Formula 1 It's a pretty good indicator. It is. Well, it was a pretty good indicator. I mean, look at... I think George Russell and Landon Norris would argue otherwise. We've got the top three of last year's F2 grid on the F1 grid this year, and none of them are really doing crap. Yeah, but you could argue... um, I mean, Lando had a better year than Mick Schumacher... In his F two F two because he had more podiums, but only won one race. Remember, McLaren took a punt with Lando Norris. He didn't do he, what George Russell did. He, he only won podiums. one race, and he didn't have the consistency. Mm-hmm. But he was a racer, and you oh, could yeah, see no, that. Absolutely, but absolutely. But and you got Mick saying, Schumacher, who's won one F two race, and he's yeah. finished like eighteenth in the, most of the other races that he's eighth, had. Eighth is his position in it. Something like that. Yeah, he's he's always, he's always in the top ten, or usually in the top ten. But like eighth is his favorite. He's got to fi- he's got to finish in eighth on Sunday. Yeah. Should <laughs> we talk about the Belgian uh, Italian Grand Prix? Yeah, Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, I think um, move on to Racing Point. Yes. Who are next? Uh, next up on the list, um, Lance Stroll, 12th. future world champion. The internet keeps telling me this after his points finish. Future world champion. I don't believe it. Did Stroll <laughs> get points? No, he finished twelfth. Did he? I thought he was in the points. I thought he mm. got no. Oh, he was Pe- racing in the points before he got took out. He was out, racing in he? the points when Vettel took yeah. him out. Uh, no, it was Perez that finished in the points. Seventh. Yeah. Um, Lance Stroll, for the first time, out-qualified Perez this year because Perez broke down in Q1. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Which leaves George Russell as the only uh, only driver on the grid that's out-qualified his teammate in every race. The So he... was Did, did, he, did he get 10th to get himself into Q3? Stroll was he tenth? Uh, ninth, I think. Was he ninth? Yeah, yeah. See, he's he's qualified in the top, uh, like to Q three last two years as well. Mm. He's he's been on the front so, row at Monza yeah. before. It's amazing, isn't it? Like you take the corners out of Formula One circuits, and he's really good. <laughs> you could take the boy out of North America. <laughs> I mean, don't, I mean, don't, don't forget his best qualifying performance was at Monza in the wet. Yeah, yeah. As I say, yeah. front row. He was alongside Lewis Hamilton for that. Yeah. 2016, 2017. Yeah. yeah. So, you know... In a Williams. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the same Williams it is now. But, but fair it play to It was still Lance. a rubbish Williams. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Fair play oh, to Lance Stroll, yeah. you know. Give him, give him some straights and some hard-breaking zones. Yeah. He's right there. It's, it, it is hilarious, <laughs> though, isn't it, that he he keeps doing just enough to make you think, maybe, maybe there's a driver there. Yeah. But I know he's going to be shit for the rest of the for the rest of the season. Do you think he spent his youth driving like you know those 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 like uh, 
oval kiddies cart tracks where yeah. it's just like nail it down the straight break into the hairpin yeah. nail it down the straight <laughs> break into the hairpin and his dad went he's pretty good at that <laughs> <laughs> and he's just carried that speciality all the way through into his uh, Formula 1 career yeah <laughs> no, fair play to Lance Stroll. He did well. He did not deserve to get taken out by no, by Vettel. Uh, he did as much as he could to avoid that, yeah. and still didn't avoid it. Then he did uh, exactly the same thing to Daniel Kvyat. If we're fair, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I did think it was, I think it was Gasly. No, wasn't it, it was Gasly. Was it Gasly? I, I did think it was hilarious that he he, he just was, came back on the track like an yeah. idiot. And so then I'm going, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He actually said that he deserved to get the same penalty that Vettel did for yeah. for what yeah. he did, and I do think that was very Canadian of him to say. Yeah, so. <laughs> do think they were slightly different because I think Vettel's was properly dangerous and not yeah. looking. I also think that there's probably a, di- a very different mindset for Lance Stroll coming out of that corner than there was going <laughs> <Yes>. in. <laughs> yeah, because when Vettel hit him, Vettel was wearing clean pants. When Lance Stroll pulled out and nearly took Gasly out, he wasn't wearing clean pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could have been so such a bad five, accident. Five-second wash-and-go penalty. Yeah. But that could have been such a bad, bad bad accident if Vettel gone a little bit quicker and he'd have just creamed into the side of him. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, or even worse, if Vettel had got moving a bit sooner and Stroll had creamed into the side of Vettel. That's for me. Yeah. But That's for uh, me. If we're talking about the um, drivers coming through from the back, you had a really good race. We talk about Verstappen coming through. We will do when we talk about Red Bull mm-hmm. in a minute. We've already mentioned it. Talk about Norris coming through from the back as well. The driver who did the best out of everyone coming through from the back was Sergio Perez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, where was it? He started eighteenth. Uh, was he ahead of 18th ahead of just uh, ahead of Verstappen? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, or eighteenth or seventeenth. Perez, Norris, and Verstappen were the last three drivers to start on the grid. Yeah, because Perez got hit with grid penalties because they had to change yeah. practically everything that yeah, makes yeah. the car go after it uh, after it done another Mercedes engine failure. It's been yeah. hidden a bit, hasn't it, uh, over the last couple of races since it's happened? But you can still see that those updates that they brought to the uh, racing point have turned it back into that really solid mid yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. The, sep- the September Force India. Yeah. Indian summer. Yeah. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> like it. That's but tonight. Yeah. No, but, but Perez. <laughs> I'm, done, I'm done now. I'm going home. <laughs> Perez did a great job getting up to seventh. Yeah. Um, we remember Monza going back about eight years ago now where he nearly caught Hamilton just by looking after his tyres when he was yeah. driving for Sauber. And. Um, you know, could have won the race there in that year where he nearly won two races and then didn't. Um, that was it was a good performance from Perez. He looked after everything in the right way, but somehow managed to keep his pace up. Um, completely, well, not completely anonymous, fairly anonymous. Didn't see him doing much on circuit, but just a, a really solid, mm. as you were just saying then about the car, really solid mid-grid performance from Sergio Perez. Great. To uh, great to see him do that, and but an unfortunate for Stroll. Yeah, I mean, do, doing a race with, um, as Kimmy puts it, in Belgium, half a floor missing. Yeah, certainly what helped around there. Um, I think we're seeing, we're now starting to see good things coming out of Racing Point, and with a removal of bad luck, then I think you know we're we're going to see them looking towards the best of the rest places. I hope so. Yeah, they they should be. They should be up there with Renault and, and McLaren, really. Yeah. You know, from what we're used to seeing from them. So I hope so. 
Uh, right, Red Bull next. Um, Albert in sixth and Verstappen in eighth. Where do we go with this one? I mean, Verstappen started 19th and last on the grid. Mm -hmm. And finished, started behind Perez, finished just behind Perez. Yeah. So, you know, Um, uh, but that was with... With with one extra pit stop to put a new nose on the car. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all that stuff that happened early on, and he did finish right on Perez's tail. Yeah. Um, So, you know, without that, Max probably would have been up with the Renaults, probably. Albon picked himself up a a five-second penalty as well. He did, yeah. Yeah. So did he serve that in the pit stops? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, Yeah, because I was was a bit confused that coming the end of the race, because even all the way through the race, when I was looking at Albon, I thought, oh, well, you're there, but you're going to get five seconds added on, I thought. But no, he did did, did that at his stop. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm really, We kind of missed him doing it. It was Sean that pointed pointed it out to us while we were doing the blog. I'm really, really looking forward to a incident-free weekend where we can see where Albon is up against Max Verstappen. Yeah, I think Singapore might be an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, they're both, they're both now got the power units that's going to get them th- that are meant to be getting them through to the end of the season. Yeah. That's pretty much what Honda have said, whether we believe it or not. I Absolutely don't know. not. I'll be surprised if they use it. If they, if they They'll get, change it again, USA or something like that. I'll be surprised Mexico. if they go both the cars through fucking well, Singapore. They'll probably win in Mexico, so... Well, they're not going to change it in Japan. What's the race no. before Japan? Russia. Uh, nah. nah. Too mm. soon. Yeah. But, well, they might... Put another one into the pool in Russia. Take the penalties there. Maybe. Yeah. Though um, Verstappen and Russia didn't didn't he win there? Yeah, I think twenty sixteen. Maybe. Mm. I don't remember Verstappen winning in Russia. Maybe he did. It might not even be like a No, no, that was the last race before he went to Red Bull, wasn't it? That, it was running into the back of Vettel that got yeah. to be out demoted. That was twenty fifteen. I think McLaren Hondas have took new engines at uh, I think. Uh, Suzuka before because there was the upgrade came for Suzuka. McLaren Hondas took new engines at every race. Yeah, but but what I mean about them like not trying to get a, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But now, now Honda are more competitive. It yeah. might be that they don't want to have the grid penalties in mm. Suzuka. They might not have the choice, if we're perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah it's, we, we might be spitball like nothing. If, if, if something goes foom, it goes foom. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, I mean, it was a good recovery drive from Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very good, given, you know, is is A, the fact that he started at the back, B, his problems, you know, early on in the race uh, to come back and, and finish eighth only a few seconds behind your teammate I mean at one point during the second virtual safety car I think it was like, uh, the first virtual safety car sorry it was about one minute 22 behind mm-hmm. yeah he was 40 seconds wasn't he behind Grosjean who was 20 seconds behind um, Kubitsu or something yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed I know I know shortly after into the Lesmos it went a bit wrong for Albon but I really enjoyed his overtake on Sainz before that going into the hairpin where there was like just enough room for a Formula One car. Yeah, I thought it was. But we've seen Albon now throw a few good like overtakes at people. He's confident. Yeah, I I think there's half a chance that he's actually brilliant. Like, as in not not just oh he'll be a good number two for Max Verstappen. I think there's a half a chance that he might actually be a bit of an issue for Max Verstappen <laughs> once he gets once that he gets would be fun to see. And I hope you're right. Yeah, because there's there's just something about him I think's. There's something there. Yeah. I mean he showed it he showed it last year in F two. Yeah. It was it was reliability that was the main issue that he had. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, th- I think he had the most clutch failures at the start of the race because obviously at the start of the season when the new F2 car came in and nobody could... Yeah, they made nobody the clutches could, out of crepe paper in yeah, the dreams of children. Yeah, nobody could figure out how to actually get it off the line. Yeah. And it, it just seemed to get him more than anyone else, although they, uh, the spin that he had on the way to the grid in one of the races was a little bit dodgy. Him uh, him and Norris, actually, wasn't it? Norris had dodgy clutch He had, he had quite a well. few, yeah. But no, there, there is there is something good about Albon. I, I do agree that um, Helmut Marco made the right decision to give him a chance, and it's proven to be a decent decent enough audition for next year. Yeah, I. I it all depends if um, suddenly Vettel's available. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't put that. Past I wouldn't anyone. take him. Um, I don't well, know or Vettel. Vettel. I, I feel bad about this because I really like Albon and I want him to do really well and I want him to get a, uh, the drive for next year. But on the other hand, I keep thinking about Vettel. I'm not willing to believe that a four-time world champion is just shite all of a sudden. And I would really love him to get the opportunity to put his legacy back on course. Yeah. And prove that the problem's Ferrari and yeah. not him. Yeah, I, However, I've i thought for a another, while he's being underrated at the moment. There's another driver that's kind of proving that the problem isn't Ferrari. The, yes, but he is a Ferrari driver. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the internal workings of that are like. I mean, we Ted Kravitz said, this was before the summer break, I think, that the the whole way Ferrari works is just not how Vettel's used to it teamwork and even the, even the way they sort of the Red Bull are more of like a data driven McLaren-esque type operation and Ferrari's just a completely different way of working yeah yeah because he's, he's in his fifth season he should he should be able to work it out by now I don't some, I don't think you can sometimes I mean you look at MotoGP is a fucking great example with this because it's Ducati some people can't drive Ducatis Valentino Rossi being one of them yeah mm. You you stick, uh, then all of a sudden, like Davizioso finds himself on a uh, Ducati, wins races, and he wins races. You know, it's it's sometimes things don't work for people, and I, I would like to see Vettel go somewhere else. I'd hate to see him retire because I think it would be the same as Michael Schumacher when he retired, and he Schumacher should have retired when he came back. That should have been yeah. when he retired. He should have never gone away. He should have stuck it out and tried tried to sort the problems that they had out. Probably might have gone to do it to a different team. Might have won another world championship with Ferrari. Who knows what would have happened? Yeah. But I think Vettel. I think Vettel needs to leave Ferrari. I think that's nailed on. He if he if he stays with Ferrari next year, I don't see anything getting better for him. I think it'll just get worse. I agree and. I think he'll have more and more clashes with Leclerc. Yeah. And I do think Leclerc plays head games. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think he's, oh, yeah. he's far too nice, far too nice to not be doing it. You just don't trust anyone. I trust Jensen. <laughs> but we've skipped a team. But we've skipped a team. We have um, Renault. Brilliant performance. Yeah. Yes. Um, Br- brilliant Ricardo performance. 
brilliant Hulkenberg performance. I think Hulkenberg will be upset with himself. Finished fifth. He's, we all know Hulkenberg. 12 seconds off his teammate. We all know Hulkenberg's always delighted with fifth. Yeah, but I think he's... He this got, is not... He got done by Daniel Ricciardo. But this, done by him. But this is Hulkenberg who is... His head's down. He knows he's not at that team next year. He's not driving to the best visibility. It's Hulkenberg that needs to get a drive for next year. I think he may already have at least one offer on the table I mean you say Renault may have flattered to deceive with it being a low downforce one don't forget uh, before the penalties Danny Rick actually qualified 6th in Belgium yeah but it's a similar down. It's, I say low downforce low downforce sector 1 and 3 Yeah. sector 2 is where you need a bit of downforce so you know the, it's much like the Ferrari with its straight line speed in Spa and Monza Straight line speed is all well and good until you get to Monaco. Yeah. Mm. But I think Re- Renault is starting to look improved. I hope so. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't have got much worse, otherwise they'd have been battling Williams. Yeah, but we can't say that everyone's pushing forward, though, can we? Because it's no. not the case. Well, um, it has to go backwards. Yeah. I don't think it'll be the case. In the same way as I don't expect Ferrari to challenge Mercedes and Red Bull as much as they have for the last two races. You know, I think we've we've hit two Ferrari tracks and yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be the case when we get to Singapore. Yeah. You know, it's it's not Ferrari moving towards it's not Ferrari moving forwards. Formula One has come to Ferrari and I think it might be the fact that Formula One's come to Renault as well. Yeah. I think I think this this has been one of the results that they needed just to, just to give a bit of positivity in the team. Oh, absolutely! E- Eden Cyril Beatable was upbeat this week, and he has just been yeah. faced like thunder all season. Oh, it's not it's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's it's good for uh, Ricardo as well because I mean I, I can't imagine the season he's had inside his own head. You know, everything must have gone through his head, whether he should have stayed at Red Bull, whether he should have gone somewhere else, whether he should have gone to McLaren, even, you know, from where Renault's been, I think. Oh, bollocks, bollocks to all this, I'm off to drive some supercars. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, th- I think Renault may be over-promised to Ricardo. You know, he, he, went with, he went with a big paycheck and maybe got a big paycheck and a few tall tales about where they were going to be this year well Renault are very bullish to um, outwardly at the start of this season and I um, I don't doubt for a second that they yeah. sold him the package that they're going to be complete and up there and then it got to Australia and last two seasons in it last two seasons we've expected Renault to be up there with Red Bull for the last two years and it's just not I mean, really material. Last, last year they were the one behind. Yeah. This year they're fighting to try to get to be the one behind. Yeah. So, but at least at this race they beat well, the McLarens. They, they were. Yeah, yeah, Renault were the best Renault team. Yeah, yeah. Renault were the best of the rest mm. by far. Mm-hmm. So whether they, whether they can carry it on into other tracks remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But coming off to... Solid performance. If they can, if this is the new norm for Renault, uh, McLaren need to sort themselves out, otherwise they're going yeah. to lose that fourth. That's what, that's what I was saying earlier about yeah. McLaren, yeah. Hopefully we'll see McLaren resurgent mm-hmm. in, you know, not resurgent, but you know what I mean, back on, um, yeah. back on their normal form in Singapore. Yeah. As long as they're not claiming they've got the best chassis on the grid. No. <laughs> right, we'll do the top two teams together. We'll do the podium together, but we'll do the Vettel Ooh. section. 
sorry, just quickly before before we keep before we keep going on there because I don't think we're going to touch it later on. And we talked about Renault and McLaren just just then. He's showing us on the doll where we're not touching it. What do we What do we think about um, Alonso turning up in McLaren gear all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere? McLaren announced on Thursday that he was going to be there, which right. came as a surprise. That's out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. They only announced yeah. on uh, Thursday he was going to be there. I think Andrew Benson said that he knew last weekend yeah. Alonso would be there. This is, Mc, this is Alonso who cut all ties with McLaren. Yeah, and, after Indy. And then all of a sudden is a McLaren ambassador. And the fuck did that happen? Because I missed that. And spent the whole race on the pit wall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was there. He was there on the gridwalk with his pit wall headset. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't even realise he was there until I I, t- I sent you the picture I took off the telly, didn't I? And yeah. I thought it was fake, fake Fernando. Fernando. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was there was a story. Um, there was a story on the BBC website uh, at the weekend about uh, I think it was Andrew Benson that was actually interviewing him in the uh, McLaren team motorhome. Mm-hmm. And then he started talking to somebody else. Alonso disappeared for a bit and then turned up and threw a Ferrari sugar packet on the table. Where did he get that? Where do you think? What Alonso did? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, His old media person from McLaren is now the media person at Ferrari, apparently, and he was just just going to say hello. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah, she was she was Fernando and then Jensen's um, media lady, and I can't remember I can't remember her name. No, but she went to Ferrari. I've seen her in Ferrari gear with uh, Sebastian Vettel. Well, I think in an interview as well over the weekend, Alonso was also turned around and said that uh, coming back in twenty twenty one would be uh, is it is an interesting opportunity to make a Formula One return. But do you not do you not hear what what you said on the grid? Yeah, I don't believe a word of it. Yeah, don't miss it. I'm all right for now. Yeah. Not missing it yet. Yeah. Right. He, he said, yeah, I'm not missing Formula One as he was stood on the grid at a Formula One race. For the first time, first time since Bahrain. Yeah. Also, see, I don't, I'm not, I don't understand what working relationship McLaren and um, Fernando have. A, a little bit of me makes, I just think Zach Brown might love him a bit. Um, to you know, and likes him being around. You know, maybe they just get on well. Maybe he feels like maybe maybe he just thinks Alonso is head and shoulders above every other driver on the yeah. road. And basically, whatever Fernando wants to do, he's quite happy to open the door for him. I don't believe it's an accident that uh, Sebastian Vettel is having a terrible season. Fernando Alonso might come back to Formula One, and he comes back at Monza. I don't think any of those things aren't connected. If I he, think it's a bit too much into it at the moment. But if we'll he see. was going to turn up to a race to discuss future Ferrari drives, I would imagine that that race would be in Italy. Let's see if he turns up in Singapore. Yes. Uh, I, I, I also think, think if he was going to discuss drives, it wouldn't happen at a Formula One race. It would happen on quiet phone calls and maybe meetings that people didn't see. Maybe, but would, do, would it matter if you were wearing a different team's uniform? If he turned up in a Ferrari hat, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. But if he was there as like a guest and ambassador yeah. role for McLaren, but he happened to go and have a quick word with uh, the Ferrari guys at the same time, 
Mission Kimawa. <laughs> Top and bottom of it is, right? So let's let's say Sebastian Vettel does does leave Ferrari and you want a Sebastian Vettel level driver to plug into that team. You go to Alfa Romeo and hire Kimi Raikkonen. You think? Yeah. We've been there. And he did a great job. He did a very yeah, he did, <laughs> he did, he did, he did a, a great be- job in his last year. He yeah. did it yeah, exactly. He did a better job in that car and more for, recently than Sebastian Vettel's done a good job. And he did a better job in that well, not a better job, he did a good job in that car more recently than Fernando Alonso did. If uh Kimi Raikkonen was still in that car, Vettel would still be ahead of him in the championship. Yeah, Leclerc is better than than, than Raikkonen yeah. uh, is or is was. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think. You but know. if they want, Lecle- if they want to have Leclerc as number one, you don't mm. want to bring Alonso into that team, do you? Uh, Not unless, chance. unless they're thinking Leclerc is getting a bit too big for his boots. Yeah, we need someone who can play head games. Well, yeah, I think there's too many. Oh, too Ferrari, many. Yeah. Ferrari's toxic enough as it is. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's too, too many different. I think uh, I still think if I was Ferrari, I wouldn't bring Alonso back while no, I've got no. Leclerc. I think you're right, but it depends whether they want a world champion in the team or not. Then they go and hire Kimi Räikkönen. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think it counts. I know he's a world champion, but I don't think he's going to put the performances in that you want them to. Nobody's a he's, a he's a better number two for Charles Leclerc than Sebastian Vettel would be, and definitely but, than, than. But they Fernando weren't Alonso happy with be. him as a number two for. Um, Sebastian Vettel the only reason he got his last year is because Vettel wanted him as a teammate they wanted rid of Kimi Raikkonen the year before that yep they probably did want rid of Kimi Raikkonen but Sebastian Vettel's a worse number two than Kimi Raikkonen was Sebastian Vettel finished 13th in Monza oh he's having a terrible year Sebastian Vettel finished what was it fourth at Belgium but we can't you can't put like a because a driver's broken. You don't go. Oh well, he'll do just better than him. I think if you're Ferrari and everything's so tight, like we think it's going to be tight, and especially if Ferrari can get their act together going into next year, um, you want two drivers that can win a world championship. I think they want number one and a number two, and Vettel won't be number two, and Leclerc's good enough to be number one. I don't think they want a number one and number two because that hasn't worked since Michael Schumacher for them. Uh, yeah, I can see what you're saying, but I don't think that they'll change now. And Fernando Alonso is better than all of the drivers that they've had since Michael Schumacher, and it didn't work having a number one driver there. No. Moving on. I remember to be convinced. So, we'll do the Vettel bit first, and then we'll look at the, t- the rest of the top three. Yeah. You don't think that a four-time world champion can suddenly become shit? No. I think he's switched off. I think he has. I think he's checked out. Um, he's not become shit. He's just not bothering. You're in. You're in good company in thinking that, because that's exactly what uh, Toad Kravitz said on the notebook. Yeah. Which I didn't. I yeah. didn't actually say. Yeah. That. I didn't see uh, that. I left before it started. As yeah. You, as yeah. Test to. Kra- uh, Kravitz said uh, Sebastian Vettel phoning it in. Is a championship-winning machine, just not not uh, turning up to races to just win a race, isn't isn't motivating for him. And I find that an interesting thought. 
I mean, he's looking at having only his third seat, third full season without a win. Is or it? Is it second? No, it'd be second. Sec- uh, no. 2008 was his first full season and he won a race. He won yeah. races in 09, won races in 10. It's like three, 300 didn't and win, Didn't win any in, didn't win any in 2014. 14. So this, this longer No races second. in 2014, won a couple in 2015 in his first year with Ferrari. Well, he hasn't won a race for a year, has he? Yeah, yeah. it's a calendar yeah. year it's, since it's he's now, won a yeah. race. Yeah. But yeah, this could, I think yeah, this will be his second, only his second season without a win. Well, he might win a Singapore yet. Yeah, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt it. I don't see... I don't think Ferrari will win another race this year, for a start. Um, and I certainly don't think... If a Ferrari does win a race, I don't think it's going to be Sebastian Vettel. I thought he was going to turn up this weekend. Like You know, I, I really did think... He was gonna. I th- half on Saturday thought he was gonna end up getting pole and win the race. Tuesday I, news. I think he maybe went home on Saturday. I think you're probably right. When when he gave Leclerc the toe and Leclerc didn't return the favour. Tuesday news. <coughs> jump cut tomorrow. The final jump cut that we can do before Paul gets a full time job. Vettel de Haas. No, Vettel sabbatical. <laughs> maybe. Gonna prost it, yeah. Or hacking on it, either Al- or. Alonso in Ferrari for Singapore. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not not immediately. He'll do to the end of the season. But I think um, it, it, I, I don't. I don't think he can take a sabbatical because I don't think he's done enough to get a seat when he comes back. If he wants yeah. to come back, I, I'm with you on yeah. that. He needs to fix this immediately. Or as soon as he can. And the only way he can is to drive for a different team. Mm-hmm. And Prost had a shit Ferrari, and he said, "I've got a shit Ferrari." And so then Ferrari, the yeah, then Ferrari <laughs> went, "You can't say it's shit." And he went, yeah. "I just did." And they went, "Right, you're fired." And he went, "Fine, see you later." Then, <laughs> and then signed for Williams. <laughs> Do you want more more mindless speculation? No. Well, you're gonna get it. <laughs> um, in Leland, this works out in my head. Um, Max Verstappen would have moved to Mercedes next year if he hadn't have won so many races and got so many points, which keeps him in for his contract. Yeah, he's agreed in principle to drive for uh, for to drive for Mercedes in twenty twenty one, which is why they've kept Valtteri Bottas on the on the books. Um, Red Bull take Sebastian Vettel back next year knowing that they won't have a Max Verstappen in the car come 2021. I don't think that's implausible. No. I think it's a big risk taking on Vettel again. But again, it's having those those drivers that if everything works right, like let's, let's say Vettel isn't broken, let's say it's all a Ferrari problem and he's still the Sebastian Vettel that can win nearly every race in a season and smash a championship out it drivers like him are few and far between that's why i still think there's a chance for alonso come back it's the formula one is full of formula one drivers but there's only ever there's at least 20 yeah but there's only ever four like elite formula one drivers and if vettel still is it actually still is an elite formula one driver and I think even if he's broken, 
he's fixable by going home to Red Bull. Yeah, I think you're probably right. He'll have the team he he knows around him. And you can see how well he gets on with the guys at Red Bull. Yeah. Spends about as much time in the garage as he does in the Ferrari one. And it can't be nice for them. You know, like when you've got the likes of Marco and Christian Horner, which worked so closely with Sebastian Vettel for so long, that know full well what he's capable of because he's done it for them. It can't be nice for them to see him going through what he's going through at Ferrari. It's just the mistakes that he's been making. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- we're going back into last year. Yeah, Germany, Italy. Well, he's only had what is this his fourth year in Ferrari? Fifth, fifth, fifth. He's had one good year. Would we say? Twenty fifteen, wasn't it? One decent year before, and then it got to Baku in twenty sixteen, and that's when twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen was back. I think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, I I think twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, he had a crap car mm-hmm. that was maybe even not capable of winning races. He won and, races, and he won races in it. Yeah, and he was he was happy, as he said at Monaco. Yes. Do you think it's got to him not being able to win a world championship? And like he's been in Alonso's situation, it hasn't. He hasn't turned into. It hasn't turned into like the Schumacher dream he wanted it to, and it's become the Alonso nightmare. Yeah. Of Ferrari. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it took Schumacher five seasons to win his first championship with Ferrari. Yeah, that was that was the big deal that was getting made at the start of the season, and Ferrari just don't have the car capable of winning a championship this no. year. And he's seen musical chairs. In the Ferrari management teams, you know, every, yeah. every year there seems to have been a different team principal for Ferrari since fucking 1986. And, so, um, and Schumacher might have taken five years to win his first championship with Ferrari. He was winning races, though, before but that. he was nearly winning championships before that. Yeah, well, and it's, he, not, he, it's he, not like Sh- he didn't take people with him from yeah. Benetton either. Schumacher joined Ferrari in 96. He won his fifth race for Ferrari in that wet Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, he was nowhere near the championship in '96. He just wasn't. It was between the two Williams drivers, Hill and Villeneuve. '97, uh, he nearly took it off Villeneuve at the final race of the season and didn't because he tried to crash into him and got it wrong. Uh, so, one season before he's few points away from winning the championship. '98, he was very close to winning the title, and uh, Mika Hakkinen took it off him at the last race. Uh, at 99 he probably would have been world champion but he crashed and broke his leg at Silverstone yep. and Mika Hakkinen won the championship again mm-hmm. um, because Ferrari didn't want Eddie Irvine to win it yeah the Ferrari was better that year um, but they, they they somehow Ferrari'd it for Irvine uh, they no he it before. just happened to be a second and a half off Hakkinen for that one race yeah exactly <laughs> nothing nothing to see there he just he had a couple too many Guinnesses so yeah, and then two, obviously 2000 was the start of the winning streak for for Michael Schumacher where he went on five seasons in a row then yeah. to win championships. So yeah, okay. So it could have been 94, 95, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2, 3, 4. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have, it could, we could have been a nine-time, ten-time world champion. But yeah. the, the five years for Schumacher situation and the five years for Vettel are incredibly different yeah I mean Vettel was a bit closer in one of the seasons I think was it was it 17 or was it earlier than that where he was the main championship rival for most of the season 
I think it was 2017, wasn't it? Bottas's first year in Yeah, in, in 17 and 18, it's both been plausible that he could have win, won the championship. Well, 18 until after Monza. Germany, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you disagree with me that Max Verstappen in Red Bull feels more separate than any other Red Bull driver? What do you mean by that? He doesn't feel like... It, I mean, obviously, they they like him being there and stuff like that, but he feels... He feels like Max Verstappen rather than Red Bull Red driver Bull Max driver. Verstappen. Yeah, whereas yeah. Sebastian Vettel was Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel. And even Mark Webber yeah, seemed yeah. like Red Bull driver Mark Webber. And I, I, I don't mean that as a bad thing either because he wants to win championships, you know, it's, and I think you've got to be a bit of a mercenary in that respect sometimes. Uh, I think part of that is that Max brings his orange army to races. Yeah, yeah, which probably. makes it look no more like done that, more like Max Bull. than yeah. Red Bull. But even the like the relationship he has with Horner and stuff like that, it doesn't seem as close knit as it was with Vettel, or like you say, yeah. with um, uh, Weber or even Ricardo. To be perfectly yeah. honest, yeah, there isn't the sort of I don't know fatherness about it. You know, like I was going to call it a sort of light light-hearted, I'm-doing-Red-Bull-things kind yeah. of thing about it. Yeah, yeah. He always seems awkward doing the Red Bull promo stuff that and every other driver's been happier to do. And he's also always on his own. When you get an interview with Max Verstappen, it's an interview with Max Verstappen. When it were, when Weber and uh, Vettel were there, even though they didn't get on for a lot of the time, there was lots of Weber and Vettel interviews yeah. or lots of Ricardo and uh, Vettel interviews. There's just something... Something not quite the same there. I I wonder whether I mean, the stuff that, that he did earlier on this season with Gasly, it did it did seem a little bit awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, not to the levels of um, Button and Hamilton in the first season together at McLaren. Oh, we're best of mates. Honest yes. awkward because <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, but I um, I just think there's something, and maybe that is something to do with him already showing interest in leaving the team. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's more it's more a case of Jasper Stappen was always his own brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think you know Jos has managed Max's career, and I think that's where Max has got it from. Because I mean, it worked for Jos, who was a thoroughly average driver. I think you've been very, very kind. And Max, <laughs> Max wasn't part of the Red Bull program. No, no yeah, I, I know. I, and it, they, all all these things are correct, but I neither was Mark Webber. No, but he was part of building the team from Red Bull, the yeah, yeah, yeah. the team somewhere on the grid, to mm. Red Bull, the world champions. Yeah, mm. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm onto something because, I, I, like I said, I just can't see Red Bull making that massive step forward. They're going to have to make, maybe they make it in 2021. Who, who the fuck knows? But. Mm. If you can be sure about anything for even these regulations, is that regardless of who's fighting for world championships come 2021, I believe Mercedes will still be fighting for a world championship. Yeah. With just the infrastructure they've got. I, I mean, no team really. You can you can look back in history at uh, like McLaren or Ferrari and things like that. No team has built the operation that Mercedes have. That it, it, They've re classified what the elite level of Formula One has to be. It used to be McLaren, didn't it? That did yeah. that. I'd argue that Red Bull probably tipped it a level above what McLaren used to do. But the whole I mean we, we like we've seen the facilities and stuff like that that they've got there. 
we saw the what they what they're planning on building around the area. Yeah. Um it's no accident that they just seem to constantly have something working right. You know, it's the cars on point, the the pit stops are usually there. They, we we realize when they make a mistake because it's so fucking rare. Yeah. <laughs> but talking talking of making mistakes, that was full of them. Yeah. See how I got it back to where we were before. Well, no, we we were on the same yeah, thing. Yeah, we, we it's terrible. Um, he hasn't lost the ability. He's lost the desire to have the ability. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's perfectly reasonable. Whereas his young teammate is proving that you know, okay, it wasn't a perfect race from Charles Leclerc by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. But uh, you know, if you've got that desire and the the fire to keep going, yeah. then you can produce some pretty spectacular results in the car that you know maybe isn't the best on the grid at the moment. I think um, it did need to be the best on the grid and just uh, needed I, to be the fastest in a straight line. Yeah, I yeah. think it was the best on the grid at Monza. Yeah, that's a fair fair point. But um, I don't think I don't think it was the best. I think the Mercedes was quicker, but it couldn't get past to be quicker. But where the Ferrari was quicker was where it mattered because I mean you yeah. saw yeah. that on oh, the absolutely. Every, absolutely. Every, every time yeah. when Hamilton or Bottas had um, had DRS yeah. behind Leclerc, they were keeping up with him, yeah. not catching him. Exactly. And there was that, a couple that, of times on a couple of times when they were passing back markers that uh, Leclerc had DRS. I'd also, I'd also and he was just disappearing off into the distance ahead of a Mercedes with an open wing. It was only Hamilton that kept up with him. Bottas never. Bottas made kept. too many mistakes. Uh, yeah, and the only time he got close to Leclerc was when he made a mistake, and when Leclerc's. Uh, is, I don't think I don't know if Leclerc, um, Leclerc's tires were going off because he was on the hards, but I think they definitely lost like the pace of the of the hards at the one last, point. The last. I think it, was it last, should have lasted forever. The last three laps, his yeah. tires were starting to go off. But I, I don't, Mercedes, I don't think they hit. The, they hadn't hit like the go off phase. They just lost that performance edge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Mercedes took a gamble by switching to the mediums when Ferrari went hard mm-hmm. for Leclerc, and um, that may have worked. But even the speed difference on the tires, it just, it just wasn't there for the straight line speed. I'm slightly surprised they didn't split strategies. That yeah, that was that was bizarre. Yeah, I tell you what, pie, pie in the sky stuff though. If um, Leclerc's tire lost that sort of performance edge that they had at the beginning of his stint, yeah. Um, Bottas's um, overcut, which Hamilton said wouldn't work the first time, turned out to be the best strategy to have. What would have happened if they'd have done the same thing with Hamilton as they did with Bottas? So Hamilton's tyres were five laps younger or seven laps younger. Seven, it was seven. It's when Leclerc's tyres were starting to drop it's, in performance. It's hard to say because I think Leclerc had been slowed by the fact that he was defending against Hamilton. Yeah. Which is yeah. why Bottas was catching them. Yeah, because they were fighting and yeah. Bottas caught up so like maybe four seconds in like yeah, three or four that's, laps. That's, yeah. that's probably a good a, a good thing. Yeah. But when Bottas but, was released after Hamilton made that error breaking into turn one. Um, it's, he was still able to close up, but he wasn't able to get, get as close as Hamilton yeah. could. And his his argument was that it was you know oh, the lack of downfalls following the Ferrari. Well, yeah, well your teammate did yeah, the same was, problem, and but... he was close following mm. for 
what six seven laps I mean, Ham- but you Hamilton don't know how the cars are set up you don't know no. how Bottas's yeah. no, and Hamilton's yeah. cars are set up I mean up. Hamilton was getting to within about 0.4 Bottas was about 0.8 0.7 well and bloody yeah. crafty can I just stop him now every time I got on to, I mean, he's closer this time he's really close this time. he's not he's, well, he's, he's no closer yeah, 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 he's, yeah he's exactly where he was this that time that was annoying me as well yeah and, and the, we know that this gap is not big enough you know, not small enough rather for it to be a fight into turn one. And it goes to turn one and you go, Oh, and Leclerc defend no Leclerc doesn't defend. He doesn't have to. He's got enough straight line speed yeah. that he made it to turn one before Hamilton or Bottas. I mean it was it was one of those rare times that everybody in the blog room was actually agreeing with somebody local on Twitter. Hi JP. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um I mean the see the thing is as well, you gotta remember Lewis Hamilton's winning a world championship at the minute. He's sixty he's sixty points ahead. There probably was like one lap or two laps there where he was close enough that if it would have been Lewis Hamilton 10 points behind Leclerc he would have he launched would have for just it fucking thrown one or, at him or first race of the season yeah 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 like, yeah uh, I can't remember who, who who did he do it on uh, Lewis threw one up the inside of someone right uh, at that hairpin when he was in McLaren was it against Alonso in the Ferrari I can't. I can't remember can't who think. it was now, but I, I only remember this because they played the replay of it on Twitter over over the weekend. And he was from miles back and just threw it down the inside. It was great, but uh, I, I think testament to Lewis, to be perfectly honest, for for the amount of pressure he could put on him. Yeah, I mean, you looked at what what Bottas did. I um, got an article here from Artsports that Lewis Hamilton said he wouldn't have moved if he and Charles Leclerc, and he and Charles Leclerc would have collided if um, Lewis wasn't going for the championship. Yeah, well, um, Toto Wolff said that if uh, he he believed Lewis was the reason they didn't have an accident, which is yeah, Lewis yeah. backed out sort of very last second and had to take mm. to the escape road, but. I mean, we already spoke about the yeah. The, yeah. The, the the penalties and the, the warnings and yeah, things. We did, that, we did that at the beginning of the podcast. but mm. Seems so long ago now. Yeah, <laughs> but it was. It was while. But, but Charles Leclerc... Has this all recorded this time, by the way? Yeah, we're good. Oh, Charles right. Leclerc, great drive. Bottas and Hamilton, okay. Like, damage limitation again. Like Hamilton loses his... I say loses his champion league. It lessens by two points, Yeah, uh, you know, for the first time in a number of races. Um, even the the disastrous German Grand Prix, he managed to extend his championship oh, lead. Yeah. So a disaster is exactly what uh, Ferrari, uh, Mercedes, and Lewis Hamilton would have to have yeah. not to walk away with the championships this year. They're yeah. probably worth and probably uh, due an engine blow up. He's but even still, <laughs> yeah, he's got a race or two in hand, yeah. doesn't he? But the it, it, ahead. well, there's sixty-two, I think it is something and like that. What yeah. are they? Two hundred points ahead in the constructors. Yeah. Ferrari need snookers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, jumping on the Sky Sports, oh, isn't this exciting bandwagon? Actually, no, it's not. Uh, saying about, you know, oh, if, if Hamilton has two DNFs, it's like, yeah, if Hamilton has do two DNFs and anyone finishes first in both races, Hamilton still has at least a 12-point lead. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, yep. Like, so, it, you know, it, he's got that in hand at the moment. And even then, that his closest rival is Valtteri Bottas. Correct. Well, we're, we're at the point now where even if Valtteri Bottas wins every race, he can't take the championship. No. If Hamilton finishes second. If Hamilton uh, finishes set. 
No, just about. I think we're just about yeah. on the limit there. Yeah, depends on fastest lap points. You know, they they count for stuff now as well. Yeah, there's still there's still those extra eight bonus points. Yeah, there is. That might just about tip it, so it could still be possible. But at the moment, we're looking at Hamilton, Japan, Mexico, uh, Japan, America. Sorry, maybe for taking the title. I wonder if they'll hang it on and make it a hat trick of uh, titles in Mexico. Is it Japan and then Mexico, or Japan and then? Uh, uh, just check what year this mug is this year so it's japan mexico usa so yeah japan or mexico he's looking at taking the title i think at the moment i'd also argue that uh, this lewis hamilton we're seeing this year is the most phoning it in lewis hamilton we've seen in mercedes he's he's been he's been on it early season and he's built this gap and he doesn't have to be right on it i think the thing was i don't even think he's been on it on it i think the closest he's had to being on it is the last couple of races. I don't feel we're seeing a phoning it in Hamilton because that suggests that he's No, but I don't, not... think he, I don't think he needs to push. I don't think he feels challenged at the minute. I, I think we're seeing a relaxed and strong Lewis yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we're, we're, I don't mean this we're absolutely not seeing him push because no. he could take it up yeah. another couple of gears if he needed to. But this, this is what I mean. It's... You're going to have to have someone that's going to... Ch- you're going to have to have a team that's going to challenge Mercedes. And then you're going to have to have a driver which is capable of challenging a better Lewis Hamilton than what we're seeing. Because like, yeah. there's there's more there. And even qualifying, we haven't seen that like crazy blistering like one-lap pace that Hamilton usually has. I, it, he doesn't even seem particularly annoyed when he's like second or third on the grid. He's prosting it. Yeah. I I think the Mercedes is built differently this year. I think in previous years, it's been built to qualify and then win a race from the front. Well, Hamilton's uh, actually said, hasn't he, that he spends more time setting a car up towards the race now. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons they think Bottas uh, loses time to Lewis during the race is because to try and keep up with Lewis, he's setting his car up for Saturday more than Sunday. Which seems to be a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's out qualifying Lewis a few times, but yeah, I mean, race pace is where it's at, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You can't win a race on Saturday, but you can go a long way to losing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Heroes and villains, then. Villain, TV direction. Yes, yes. absolutely, again. yeah. C- cutting away from action to see reaction, stop it. Ridiculous yeah. qualifying. Oh, also, ridiculous s- attitudes to qualifying. Sausage curbs. Yes, that could uh, have been a hell of a lot worse on Saturday morning. That, Alec, man, that man should be in all rights dead right now. That was a crazy accident. Halo did its job. Yeah, absolutely. He landed on his head. He landed on his head on the corner of the tyres, essentially. There. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't follow the Formula 3, this is Alex Peroni's crash, where he was a good 12 foot in the air i would say about that that crash was when whenever you're playing like on the xbox or playstation and something ridiculous happens and the physics and the game breaks you go that would never happen in real life he had a computer game crash scott dixon's indy uh, 2017 indy 500 crash was very very similar yes yeah and of course sophia flourish's crash at macau yes mark weber in valencia yes yeah Mm -hmm. 
yeah, Mark Webber at, at Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, we are talking those levels of airball. Anthony Davidson at Le Mans. Yeah. When we when we accidentally turned Formula One cars into ramps that year, <laughs> Kimi Kobayashi at every circuit. <laughs> um, any heroes? <laughs> he wasn't called Kobayashi because he was bashing results yeah. out, was he? <laughs> Uh, heroes, well, the Halo for Alex Alex Perona. Yep. Yeah. Um, rain for staying away, I suppose. No, a bit. A, the a the little, stewards little for not ruining good. the race. Never thought we'd hear that said this season. Yeah. If you're going to criticise them, you've got to give them yeah. praise as well. That is true. That is true. I'm, I'm with Dan on that one. Yeah, stewards is a good one. Yeah. Do we have a look at how do we do predictions? Not well. I didn't do well. Everyone did remarkably similar. Um, I was on for a nine-pointer until Hamilton made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone did remarkably similar, um, except for our guest predictor, who actually did better. Gee, but, does that mean the guests are winning David now? Gee. Not yet, Not exactly. Right, let's have a look. Podcast predictions. So, obviously we have the top three... Of uh, Leclerc, Bottas, and Hamilton. All right, Chris. Yeah. Leclerc. Yes. Hamilton. No. Bottas. No. Five Still points. Got five points. I'll do. Dan. Vettel. No. Leclerc. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Four points. Lee. Yeah. Hamilton. No. Bottas. Mm. Alban. Mm. Four points. Me, Vettel, Leclerc, Hamilton, four points. Getting a thing going on here. Uh, Sean, Leclerc, like London buses, pretty much. Hamilton, Vettel, four points. Chris, you are coming out on top of this one. Currently. Uh, Guest predictor, guest five. Actually, no, I got it wrong as to who got the most points. Leclerc, Hamilton, Vettel, four points. Well done, Chris. You pulled a point yeah. back on everybody else. Well, that's the, yeah, so that leaves me closer to the top by a point. Um, right. Well, I am currently winning with 49. Okay. In second place, we have Dan with 44. In second place, we have Chris with 44. In second place, <laughs> we have guests with 44. <laughs> in fifth place, we have Lee with 42. <laughs> and um, bringing up the rear, the only journalist amongst a lot of us, Sean with 34. It's all to play for. It's still tight. So we'll do that. We'll do that again for Singapore as we always do next week. Um, one of you will get, one of you listening will get the invite to be the guest predictor. And of course, we've got the prediction game on the website. Just got three legs four wheels dot com and got the game section and go for the prediction league. I, I thought people just sent them in. I didn't, re- I, and we picked one. I didn't realize we bestowed this honor on somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I pick somebody every race. Wow. Is it time? Lucky use. I think so. I think. I think it is that. It, it is that time. Oh, just before we shunt this week. Remember, remember last week's shunt, where vaguely you could nobody could um, actually pronounce. Who it was. The one that Santeri sent in from Finland. Yep. He has very kindly... Turn the volume up on my phone. Very kindly or really patronisingly, whichever way you want to look at it. (laughs) Well, no, very kindly because you asked him to. I know, he's joking, Paul. (laughs) It's called called humour. Oh, I'm not used to it from you. 
I don't think you're used to it. <laughs> Hang on, I'm pointing my I'm pointing my phone at the microphone. Technology. Hey guys, if you ever wondered how to pronounce last week's assault answer, it's it's Uffetakström. That's exactly what I said. I said I said exactly that. I'm just going to play it the once. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded then like he just kept saying it. <laughs> it was just a long video. He never got to the finish. This. Oh. <laughs> Who sent this one in, Lee? Total Shunt was sent in by Ian White. Hello, Ian. And yeah. thank you. It's not Ian Wright with a lisp. It's just it's Ian, Ian White. Ian White. Um, I remember that episode of the Jonathan Ross show. I was born. Yay. In 1971. Okay, 48. Uh, I was on the podium in my first ever race. Impressive. But was it an F1 race? I'm almost convinced we've had this one before. But okay. not this, not from this man because he messaged me today. Um, my, main, uh, my main rival was a former Formula One driver. A former Formula One driver? So it's not Formula One sport that we're looking at then. I'd take a guess. I'll bet you would. Jeff Gordon. Interestingly enough, he hasn't put the answer. And I don't know his name. Scott <laughs> Virgil, if we're just naming random Thunderbirds pilots. <laughs> Is that what we're going well, with? Uh, are we going with Jeff Gordon with I don't know. Juan Pablo Monte- Montoya as the rival? Yeah, it could be. Maybe. Brains Lady Penelope. <laughs> the former Formula One driver was also one of my teammates. Okay. Mm. My, other, uh, my other race partner, teammate, I don't know. I don't know if that's what he meant or not. Uh, was also my childhood best friend. It's gonna, this is going to be some kind of cartoon character, like a speed racer or some sort of endurance racer or something. But yeah, go on. Oh, was that is that on six? Is it? No. Okay. I spent most of my career with Dennett Racing. Never heard of him. I'd like a guess, please. Lightning McQueen again. <laughs> <laughs> I had a terrible crash at Lowe's Motor Speedway where I believed uh, I was believed to be paralysed from the waist down. Um, just trying to think which one Lowe's Motor Speedway is and I'm, I can't remember. I know it's an oval. I believe it's in America. <laughs> really? <laughs> So we still don't know if we're looking at a NASCAR or an IndyCar driver, do no. we? And Lee's also Googling the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> if you send in a total shunt, it helps if you put the answer in. Yeah. <laughs> um, is Lowe's Motor Speedway, is that the one in Texas? I'm no idea. don't know, I'm afraid. Or is that Texas Motor Speedway? I know that's a thing. I'm sure it's one I've seen in like, Project Cars or Gran Turismo or something. Next clue. Uh, 
I first started as a pit crew member before making my switch to NASCAR, a NASCAR driver, where I won numerous championships. Yay, NASCAR. I'm out. <laughs> um, Sometimes you've just got to enjoy like this sort of amateur racing. You might, you might, you might be close with Jeff Gordon. He's a he's a nasty yeah. carist. If you don't like the racing, you might find the in- incest sexy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Name NASCAR drivers. Kyle Busch, uh, Jeb Hackenback the Fourth, um, Chip Chatterson, <laughs> Cletus Vander Vander. <laughs> Another clue? Bo Duke. <laughs> uh, Vettel played, paid homage to me after qualifying for pole at the US Grand Prix in 2013. I can barely remember last Tuesday, 2013, is... A bit of a stretch. So no, Vettel paid homage to him after Vettel got pole in 2013. Yes. I got zip. Would you like your final clue? Yes, please. Uh, I'm not even. I, I, Wait, hang just, on. Vettel was a Red Bull driver then, so it's going to be somebody who has something to do with Red Bull, probably. Whilst at Dinette Race Racing, if that's how you pronounce that. My title sponsor was Wonder Bread, but I do love Fig Newtons. I can picture the Fig Newtons car in my head, but don't know who drives it. The most gravity-centric of biscuits. Would you like the spaffer? Yes. Shake and bake. Ricky Bobby. Yes, I am Ricky Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure we've had Ricky Bobby before, or didn't no, we? We had the we had the one that Sasha Baron Cohen played. Right, that's it. Because at first I thought it was Sasha Baron Cohen's um, character, and then I, I was I, as I was reading that, I was reading IMDb trying to remember what the film was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one, that one, that one, uh, that one nearly got us. I'm claiming I'm claiming half a win on that. It also got a six point six on IMDb, which I think is. Generous? Uh, generous, yeah. <laughs> really. And it's also in the comedy section, which I also think is generous. <laughs> How do you send a total shunt in? You can tweet me at a total shunt, or you can go on Instagram, where I am also at a total shunt. Do it by direct message on both. Yes. If you want to get in touch with... And include the answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, giving the answer is not the spaffer. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with the show, you can get us on Twitter at Three Legs Four Wheels. We're on Facebook. Uh, just look for at Three Legs Four Wheels on there, as well as Instagram. Yeah, and you can tweet us individually at Flood Twenty One, at Dan Dankleton, at Pablo One Hundred, and at Sean Cowper. If you're old school and want to email, it's Three Legs Four Wheels at Gmail dot com. Uh, right, you can also get us at PO Box. <laughs> I had one of them once. It was for work. Um, Right, time for a Formula Lee style jump cut. This week's Formula Lee was a lap of Monza in the Alfa Romeo in the wet. And you needed a time of 1 minute 33.532 to get into the top 20. And these are the people who did. 20th place, we had Nick Patakis. 
In 19th was Sam Day. 18th, Brooks de Geer. I came 17th, points again. 16th was Adam Smith. 15th, James Paschall. 14th was Marcel Strike. 13th was Chris Shales. 12th, Vyche Camping. 11th was Santerio Nasty. Top 10. 10th was Joe Marsh. 9th, Matthew Morrison. 8th, Michael J. Keller. 7th was Kyle Armstrong. 6th, Alberto Rolden. 5th was Carl Toomey. And 4th place was Pete Bull. Top 3. 3rd with a time of 131.723 and hoping that he'd actually get a podium was Julian McMahon-Hyde. 2nd place with a time of 131.617 was Alessandro Popolani. And winning this week with 131.542, as usual, Chris Olby. Right, two-week challenge next for Singapore, and it's going to be a dry race. And this time, we will have it in the Ferrari. You have got until the Monday after the race, which will be Monday the 23rd. 7 o'clock UK time, 2 o'clock Eastern time in the US. Uh, Get them into us in the usual way. And that's probably going to be the last jump cut that I record for quite some time. And that was Formula Lee. Yeah. Which I've recorded tomorrow. Um, that's about it for this week, isn't it? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, right, we'll be back next week. We'll be previewing the Singapore Grand Prix. Yes, we will. Uh, we're going to have Sean Kelly on the show sometime soon. Maybe on the actual show on Monday, or might do one later in the week, depending on his schedule. I've got to get it sorted out with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see you then. See you later, Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.